chat, guys. Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of BAM's Radio, member of the Bama Sports Radio family. I'm Terry Clark, your co-host from BamaMag.com and Scout.com. Joined as always by Drew DeArmond of AlabamaIntel.com, our producer back in the studio, Thomas Watts of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And uh, wow, what a crazy, crazy day in Alabama recruiting history today, Drew DeArmond. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, you know, been up since nine something this morning. Uh, really haven't had a a calm moment. Got a chance to take about a thirty minute lunch, but uh, about that time is when all the Drew Richmond speculation started to fire up. Uh, you know, at Intel, I reported that he was uh, I, on campus. Should have meant to say en route to campus, but uh, he is sent. Uh, uh, would not still be shocked if he got into town tonight if not early to Friday morning, uh, you know, and I, that was also reported by our friend John Garcia uh, of scout.com. But it's been a crazy day, Kerry. Uh, K.J. Hill, did he commit? Did he not? Sounds like he didn't. Uh, uh, you know, and as I just got through tweeting, he will, you know, not, not he did not commit to Ohio State. Uh, he's not going to trip anywhere as of now this weekend. He's not going to Arkansas. So he will decide, you know, ultimately – uh, one-time hog commit, Alabama and Auburn, or excuse me, Alabama and Ohio State feel like they're in good position, but he will now, you know, take the weekend to think things over. Uh, you know, it's just been a, it's been a crazy go nuts kind of day, and it, the, the door may not be completely shut on Terry Godwin, so it's just it's been crazy, no doubt. Yeah, my understanding on the Richmond thing from talking to a couple of people and from reading various different sites is that he was all set to go to Alabama. And uh, word got out, and then all the reporters that cover recruiting for Tennessee and Ole Miss and Alabama, all three, one at a time, started blowing his phone up. And he yeah. wanted it to be a he wanted it to be a an off the off the radar visit, which there's probably no such thing as that anymore. Oh yeah, uh, good luck in this day yeah, social media. Yeah, his digital social media age it doesn't happen. I realize that, but for some reason he thought it could, and that kind of made him. Uh, he literally sent a text to our friend Rodney Orkowder insider saying that he was not visiting on that. But uh, Rodney said, you know, when he posted the text, he said, we'll see. Well, <laughs> several other sites uh, have said that he still plans to come, mm-hmm. but that it might not be until as late as midday tomorrow or tomorrow morning. It's not that far of a drive from Memphis, Tuscaloosa, but... Uh, it, it appears that he still plans to make the trip. Some people are saying if he makes the trip, but most people are saying when he makes the trip. Yes. But it still appears that not only does he plan to make the trip, 
but that he had already told the Ole Miss and Tennessee coaches both that he was making the trip. At least he yeah. definitely told the Tennessee coaches. I can't say for sure if he told the Ole Miss coaches. But I'm saying right now it's 90% that he is there before noon tomorrow. I don't know about tonight or oh, yeah. morning, but I'm saying right now by noon tomorrow it's 90% that he is physically in custody to Alabama. That's not a good feeling after you know, do a little bit of research. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think I, as I said tonight, mm-hmm. I, I told the follower I, I felt like that he would be there, um, you know, by Friday at some point. Carrie. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of barely hearing you. So go ahead. Okay. Oh no, I was just going to. I hear you fine now. Something happened for a second there. You know, I I think it as I just told the Twitter follower, I think that it's very likely that he that he uh, arrives sometime on Friday morning, and and he'll be there till Saturday through Saturday more than likely, and uh, then of course trip to Tennessee Saturday and Sunday uh, for two official visits to you know make sure that Ole Miss is where he wants to be. Uh, to me, uh, would I be shocked uh, if he signed with Ole Miss? Oh, no, of course not. But uh, I will say this. If you're taking two official visits on the last weekend till signing day, before signing day and before the dead period, I don't think you're completely, you know, rock solid with the Rebels is all I'll say. And, uh, and but, you know, I, obviously I wish this situation, you know, wasn't even happening, to be honest. I think, you know, I wish Isaiah Prince were still in the fold with Alabama. I felt like he was the one, the developmental tackle that they needed and uh, was the perfect fit. Uh, but obviously uh, there's been some speculation about the people saying that Nick Saban uh, may have, uh, you know, botched his recruitment and should have gone after him full bore from the start. But all I know is the young guy committed to Mario Cristobal claimed with his family and coach sitting in the room because his high school coach reported it, uh, that he would not visit uh, any more schools, was not going to go on a trip to Ohio State or, or uh Alabama was a school he'd always dreamed to go into. And then he gets there, he ends up sitting in the room and now he's going to Maryland for a visit. The whole doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think, you know, there could be some other things going on that are Ole Miss-like, and that's all I'll say about it. But I think the kid's making a mistake. But, again, it's recruiting. And, uh, you know, obviously maybe if Alabama had allowed him to commit, as the speculation was that his family wasn't happy, they didn't let him commit on on his official visit, things might have been different. But I very seriously doubt it. <laughs> I think uh, I think that, you know, maybe – there's uh, some other influences. I think the young man, really, if he had his drugs, would be at Al. And I both know that doesn't always happen. You know, Urban Meyer, uh, we talked about this at least in some writing that was done by me from New Orleans and posted by other people. Urban Meyer knows how to use his psychology degree. And, uh, he, you know, obviously he made a big deal to the kid about the fact that Alabama apparently didn't let him commit on his official visit Sunday when he wanted to. And yet, you know, a few days later, calls him back and says he can commit now. Uh, Alabama's so played him. Uh, at this stage of the game, you only have a couple of spots left. If you're Nick Saban, you have to be uh, 
safe other than sorry, and he thought the safe thing to do was to ask the kid to hold out just for a couple of days while Alabama sorted everything out to speak with T.D. Moe. They definitely had written. Yeah, I don't even think it was T.D. Moe. I, I think that uh, T.D. Moe's place in this class was never secure. It wasn't, but I mean, they wanted to make sure that make it official and make sure that you know he officially decommitted so it wouldn't be used against Alabama. And then, uh, and then of course he ended up at Mississippi State. As everybody figured, that's likely where he would end up if he went on an official visit there, uh, January the sixteenth. But again, all I know is you have to take a prospect at his word. I mean, I know there's been the, the scenario. O'Connor and his mother brought up, but the night before signing day, I know this for a fact because his leader Chris told me to my face. But uh, Antonio O'Connor and his mother told Alabama they were coming, so they expected him to sign. Hopefully, with Alabama, he woke up the next morning and signed with Old Miss. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you're not, they're not visiting any more places and not going to Ohio State and Maryland. You think the process is over, and then they. They visit Ohio State without telling you. I mean, what else can you do? And then you still have an in-home visit with a young man and his family. And we might have just lost Drew. I mean, I'm losing him every third word. But anyway, yeah. uh, I, I guess you and I will talk until uh, he comes back. Uh, Thomas, uh, from, from, from your point of view, I know that you have a, a real job, a full-time job, but <laughs> it, this just on what little you have seen today uh, about so and so decommitting, uh, and we didn't even get to Rico yet. He's probably going to let Jordan now decommitting from Alabama, McGraw. But there may be some t shirts made in the athletic department regarding the band radio curse as far as our guest decommitting. <laughs> that's, about, that's about the fifth one uh, yeah. that we've had on the last nine months. <laughs> decommitted and flipped out of school. Uh, you know, uh, John Ledbetter, Leo Lewis, uh, now now Rico McGraw. You know, I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that Richie Pettibon is coming on later tonight uh, at the bottom of this hour and so far Miss Ledbetter. <laughs> we'll get that one through. Hey, you got me? Yeah. Yeah, we got you back. I've got I've got you fine. I never lost you. Um, but yeah. I... But here's it uh, now. So. Hey, not on wood, we're really supposed to see. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what we're talking about, Drew, is the, the craziness of the decommitment and the flips. And, and, and before before we got cut off, we didn't even get to Rico McGraw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rico McGraw was expected. Uh, the Alabama coaching staff, uh, you know, has only contacted him once in the last two weeks. Uh, and once uh, Kevin Steele moved on to LSU, uh, that pretty much sealed that. Uh, they they had decided a while, but I think uh, you know, in the last month or so, that you know, as they the numbers were crunched and you know they were looking at to finalize the class, that they were going to go in a different direction. They're going to go in a different in a different direction with Montreal Custis as well. Uh, Custis has never come out and decommitted publicly, but uh, you know Alabama and him office officially today, but it's been known for a few weeks that he was not going to officially visit Alabama and has made trips to Kentucky. Ole Miss, and now it's like likely that Florida this weekend probably will choose either Kentucky or the Gators. And so uh, Ole Miss did not push for him, so he's not going to sign Alabama. Obviously, Isaiah Prince has never come out and publicly uh, decommitted from Alabama, but he never really publicly committed. Uh, the head coach put that word out, so it looks as though Isaiah is no longer a commitment to Alabama. So 
Uh, and, then, and then, again, nobody was uh, surprised about the Rico McGraw situation. It had been heavily uh, scrutinized, and there had been heavy speculation for the past two weeks that that was going to happen. And, and Alabama was supposed to have an in-home with him tonight, Kerry, and once it was pretty much well-established, Alabama was not going to visit uh, Rico McGraw. Uh, he, the the decommitment went public this afternoon, and Jeremy Pruitt is supposed to be in his home, and they're setting up his official visit, and it's just the worst-kept secret in America that he'll sign with the dogs on National Signing Day. The team he was originally committed to. And, uh, yes. I, I thought he was still the fifth, the fifth or sixth best defensive back in this class, but I guess, uh, you know, he gone. And then I guess the big scenario that appears to be developing perhaps even stronger than the Drew Richmond. Uh, for the first time in known Southern history, he sent uh, a great recruiter, the Rival.com 2010 Recruiter of the Year, Tosh Lupoy, and both his coordinators, uh, Kirby Smart and Lane Kiffin, all went to see C.C. Jefferson today, Drew, and that seems to be a really emerging story. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. You know, It's really started to emerge for the last several days, Kerry, since obviously you know, C.C. went on an unofficial trip to Ole Miss last weekend and on his way home, it was found out after on Monday that he stopped off in Tuscaloosa uh, Sunday to see Tosh Lupoy, uh, who's been uh, tantaling his recruitment. And obviously that set off uh, some people, you know, wondering uh, <laughs> kind of a, a little bit of a alarm there, like maybe it's not over with CC in Alabama. And then obviously, as you said, uh, there's been there was a, there was a meeting scheduled with Tosh Lupoy. And uh, CC on Tuesday, but it was pushed back till today when CC took a trip to Gainesville. And what you and absolutely, uh, it, it was first thought Bo Davis, uh, Kirby Smart, and Tosh Lupoy would visit CC, but it turned out it was Lane Kiffin, uh, Tosh Lupoy, and uh, Kirby Smart. So uh, it's very interesting that uh, those three showed up at his home and. Uh, he's supposed to take an official visit this weekend to LSU. It would not surprise me if that did not happen. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see what he does this weekend. Right, but steam is really picking up. And and actually, if and we think he will, but if Drew Richmond does show up sometime between now and midday tomorrow, uh, it, it seems like that it's not unrealistic for Alabama to close with Drew Richmond and C.C. Jefferson seems actually a, a, a definite possibility. Oh well, yeah. I don't think you can't you can't dismiss it if someone's if you if you get a Drew Richmond on your campus and with as many times as CC uh, Jefferson, which is at least ten times, uh, visited Tuscaloosa, you know, and having the UA staff in his home this late in the game. I mean, obviously he's very interested. And then uh, of course the tidbit of Bo Davis and his father being teammates. Colin Junior College in Western Mississippi and still being close friends so, as we report on Alabama Intel. So, there's always a chance. Uh, I do think the game chances are increasing with CC. I'd be more confident in CC joining the class than Drew Richmond. But uh, if Drew Richmond gets on campus and with, and then you, you still have to go back to the fact that it still makes me wonder because he skipped the Egg Bowl to go to the Iron Bowl, uh, hung out with Brandon Kennedy quite a bit at the Under Armour game. So, uh, there's always that uh, that chance there that Drew Richmond, uh, even though he has a lot of Ole Miss influences around him at his high school, uh, could end up you know somewhere besides the Rebels. And Blake Barnett gets a shot at him for about 48 hours. 
Yeah, if he, assuming he makes the trip, that's exactly right. Assuming he makes the trip. Well, another thing that I wanted to talk about, Drew, is uh, before we bring our first guest, is that uh, we have a very big duty day uh, coming mm-hmm. up this weekend. And uh, we know that John Broussard of Central Phoenix City will be there. Uh, we know that uh, if Carver High didn't have a basketball game, Mac Wilson and Marlon Davidson would have been there. They'll come. They always have two. They'll come to the next one. Uh, but there's a really interesting and unique list of not only juniors, but several other uh, underclassmen that are showing up in Tuscaloosa this weekend to learn more and in, and in many cases get offers. And I was wondering, I've got a, a fairly comprehensive list, but I wanted you to go over some of the ones that, that stand out in your head before I go over my list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, the, the two big ones are commi- are both committed. Uh, Demetrius Rock Robertson is going to visit uh, from the state of Georgia, uh, from Savannah Christian. Uh, he had he had already confirmed that he will be. He is very likely to be there. Uh, Demetrius Robertson, of course, and uh, and Cheyenne Carter from Kentwood, Louisiana. He will also be there. The who could be the top corner in the country, at least one of the top three to four. Uh, he will be. Uh, there he is slated to visit uh, Alabama, and also the very interesting uh, uh, QB from Clay Chalkville, Pigram. He's supposed to also. He, he's I've heard that he will. He is slated to visit Tuscaloosa. Uh, so th- there's a lot of really good players uh, that are going to be there. I, I don't know. I, it would not surprise me if they got one or two commitments. Uh, you would uh, I, basketball may also be playing a factor with Raquan Davis because he has not confirmed that he's also a commitment. From Meridian, Mississippi, he has not confirmed if he will be there or not. So uh, that could also play a factor. He was on the list that I had, but I'm going to take your word. It, it appears that he is at least going to try to make it. Right. But another Davis, another Davis, and maybe the best player in the state, Ben Davis, yeah, linebacker from Florida, Ohio, will be right. there with his father, Wayne, who's one of the top tacklers in Alabama football history. Wayne Davis was a great linebacker under Ray Parkins in the 80s. And uh, Ben Davis is uh, a a must-have, and B uh, a guy that I think Alabama feels very strongly that they will get through. Oh yeah, Ben Davis. As I told somebody this weekend, when you know we we plan on speaking with Ben after the junior day, he is a uh, he's a guy that he, he I don't think I don't believe he missed a home game uh, if I remember correctly this this uh, this past season. Uh, Carry. He was uh, he was at every Alabama home game. Had a great junior year. Got offered by Alabama this past summer, and uh, it's been a big time you know uh, kid as far as uh, someone that they've uh, made a priority out of. And I think he'll be, if not the top player in the state, in the top three. And I think Alabama is in very good shape to get three really good linebackers out of the state. Um, you know, as you said, Matt Lindell, Mac Wilson from Carver is not going to be able to visit because of basketball. As of now, have not I do not have not had confirmation that Jeremiah Moon from Hoover will visit, but I know Alabama with his uncle being Darius Gilbert, the former linebacker from at Alabama from Oxford, Alabama, and, and Oxford High School, I should say, I, they feel good about him as well, and that'd be three really good linebackers uh, in the class. And then the the two kids that I like uh, from 2016, I, I do like both the kids from Leeds to Daryl Marshall, the quarterback athlete, and Trey Nation, Kerry, and both of them are slated to attend. I like those two. I'm, I'm not sure that, that – I think if Trey came, he'd be an H-back, but I do think he could help if he came to Alabama. So Daryl's a guy that can play a bunch of different positions. I don't think he's a quarterback at, at the SEC level, 
but he's athletic and fast enough that he can play a number of other positions anywhere in the secondary, anywhere in the receiver core. Uh, another, and I mentioned this very briefly, Drew, a guy that I know you fell in love with this past summer that has changed his plans and is coming, and I think this is pretty big news, uh, Central Phoenix City defensive back John Broussard. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter right before the show. He said change of plans is visiting for the junior day. He's probably, I think, the best defensive back in the state of Alabama. Uh, he's somebody Alabama has not offered yet. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a verbal offer at the junior day, but he plays for Jamie Dubose, as we know, and they had a really good team this past year. Uh, if they, if Trevante Samuel had not gotten injured, might have made the Super 7, but uh, you know, very good uh, football team at Central Phoenix City, and he should be a great player. And another player that's slated to visit, Kerry, that I know you discovered is Kingston Davis of uh, of Prattville. Yeah, and actually I did not even know that. He's not on the list I have. But I, I just did discover him when he was in the 10th grade, and uh, he's a very strong running back. He's pretty fast for his size. I don't know where he fits in the, in the pecking order for Alabama. I'm not, I really don't think he'll get an offer this weekend. But I think he's a guy that they will continue to evaluate okay. with a chance to get a, a offer later. I want to run some other names by you from this list that I have, Drew. And some of these guys are already committed to other schools. But uh, as juniors, they're committed to other schools, but they're visiting Alabama. And I'll mention that if that's the case. But the first name I want to run by you and just get your thoughts on, uh, defensive end from uh, IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, Malik Barrow. Yeah, Malik Barrow. He's a really talented kid. You know, I think there'll probably be several talented kids that come in uh, from out of state. Uh, Barrow's someone. Uh, he wasn't on my list, Kerry, and that's the way it's kind of funny because it's so hard because there's been, from what I heard, there's been interest from over 50 kids, and uh, you kind of wondered who all was going would be confirmed to be there. But Barrow is someone I have not uh that I had not seen, but I think he's someone that Alabama is going to be very interested in uh, as this process uh, unfolds. Okay. And another one from Florida, another defensive end from Florida, uh, but this one from Panama City, Janarius Robinson. Yeah, Janarius Robinson. Yeah, I, I think he's another one just like Barrow because Barrow, as you said, he's from IMG, 6'3", 245. Uh, a lot of people – my question on Barrow would be, is he related to Michael Barrow? Uh, the former, yeah, the former linebacker from the Miami Hurricanes. A lot of people think he'll end up, uh, you know, uh, there. Janarius Robinson. He was another one that's not on my list, but and he's committed of, to Florida State, but he's yeah. tentatively planning to be there. Yeah, he's tentatively planning to be there. He's another kid that I think they'll be. I, I, I will say this: I don't think that Alabama is is going to be, you know, as forthcoming with the offers. I know he's from Panama City's Bay High School. He's 6'5", 232, committed to FSU since early. I mean, early in September, he committed to him. It's good to get him on campus, but I got a funny feeling, you know, Alabama, they've got three commitments right now, already lost two to three in the 2016 class with Benito Jones and some of those guys. But I I do think that they're going to probably be – Studious in their offering, I you know they may get one or two commits, and I think they may the kids that may wouldn't surprise me if they commit earlier the in state ones. But I'll, I'll be interested to see how much damage they do out of state early if they take kids because we've seen how crazy this last two weeks has been carried with all the flipping and the <laughs> and all the movement. I'm gonna be interested to see how how many early uh, commitments Alabama takes. 
Yeah, and talking about out-of-state kids and, and specifically the offensive line position, uh, here's a name that I really hadn't seen him for this now as far as interest in Alabama, and I'm sure you know about him. Uh, Jawan Williams on offensive lineman from Archbishop Carroll in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Jawan Williams. Heard a little bit about him. I've been more focusing on Willie Allen, who I think is <laughs> – with this decommitment of Isaiah Prince, is going to be very important for the left tackle. Uh, obviously, we've talked about EJ Price on this show, but he's kind of he's transferring to a, a more Georgia-friendly high school at Archer. Uh, but Alabama's had a lot of success in Maryland with the Quanjo brothers. I mean, you never know. And, and, and in that area, and now, and now with our guests in the next few minutes, Richie Pettibon, he's from Washington D.C. area in Gonzaga High School. So you never know that they, they could end up have they could get a pipeline going. They have kind of already. Uh, now it looks like you thought it might continue with Isaiah Prince. That's not looking likely now. But again, you know, and Lance Thompson had a lot to do with that. He's moved on. It'll be interesting to see who picks up that territory for Alabama. Another name that I'm not familiar with, and, and I don't know if you are or not, but he's a tight end from Flower Mound, Texas, named Caden Smith. Caden Smith, familiar with him. He's been a, a frequent visitor to Alabama several multiple occasions. His sister is a student at Alabama. I believe she's slated to graduate this spring, uh, but she's been a student at the at the university. So that's kind of been where his uh, interest has been. Uh, tweet uh, he, he, where he kind of first became familiar with Alabama's program. He's got a lot of offers though. A lot of people think he could be among the top three tight ends in the country. Uh, he he's, he is. I've seen where reported that he's slated to visit. And I think he'll be a high up on the list, but he's got a lot of offers, and he's a good academic kid too because Stanford's involved. A couple of in-state guys, one that I have seen play, one that I have not seen play. Uh, right. The one I have seen play is Darius Whitfield, uh, a lineman who can play offense or defense from St. Paul's mm-hmm. Episcopal and Mobile. The other one is P.J. Blue, uh, a linebacker from Jemison High, also in Alabama. Yeah, I've heard both those guys are maybes to visit. Um, we'll see. I know P.J. Blue had said earlier in the week he wasn't sure, but then I think it, uh, some, I think it's been reported elsewhere that he would visit. He's a good-looking linebacker. I think someone that I think Alabama is going to watch very closely, and they'd like to. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a verbal offer somewhere soon, but they'd want to evaluate him in camp. And then uh, you know uh, the other the other prospect you were talking about, you said. Uh, Darius Whitfield, who yes, I believe is Josh yeah, Casher's yeah. I was going to say, that's Joshua Casher's brother, Darius Whitfield. I saw him in the Super 7 on television. Have not seen him live, but saw him uh, help them help St. Paul's finish an undefeated season and win the 5A state championship with, uh, and with pretty much ease. They, they were pretty dominant. Uh, they, and I thought he was very impressive uh, playing the guard position. Looked very quick. And uh, I think, you know, he played both ways. He also played defensive – Defensive end, but I think he projects as a guard on the you know the college level. Agree, oh, I agree. And I like Whitfield a lot. I think Alabama will definitely recruit him. And to be honest, if he gets offered by the Tide, I'd be shocked if he doesn't commit. Oh, so I agree again. St. Paul's and Alabama have a great history, uh, going back you know all the way to Mark Barron or before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another one from the interesting recruiting grounds of Memphis. Cornerback uh, Dante Vaughn. Yeah, Dante Vaughn. I'm not as familiar with him. To be honest, I'm not familiar. I'm familiar with about a handful of these 2016s, but Vaughn, I, I expect Alabama 
first of all, I, I will be shocked if we talked about Broussard earlier. If they, I'm actually surprised they already haven't verbally offered him. He would be one young man that I would think would get verbally offered this weekend. He's already been offered by Auburn, already been offered by LSU. I uh, saw him at the Spain Park Combine this past spring. That's when I first saw him in, live and in person. Right. Felt like he was extremely impressive. Uh, I'll give a shout-out to Freddie Kirby, who first noticed him before I did. I was over watching the defensive line. He called me over to watch him. And kid's really fluid, really good player. Vaughn is somebody I know they're going to be evaluating. It's, but now that they've signed five defensive backs, or they are slated to, let's put it that way, uh, uh, on uh, on uh, National Signing Day in just a, under a week now, it's going to be interesting to see how many defensive backs they target. Uh, and I would think Broussard would get an offer in state. Vaughn's somebody that I think uh, will definitely be evaluated, though. It would not shock me at all. And do we know anything yet about another cornerback, this one from Madison Central uh, in, in Mississippi, Nigel Knott? Nigel Knott, I think he's somebody along. They, they, they've got a couple of kids they're monitoring that Bo Davis is monitoring in Mississippi. He's somebody that I think they're they're evaluating, but I don't think um, you know I, I don't think they're they're, they're close to uh, you know offering him yet. But I think he's someone that's again that they're going to that they're going to continue to watch. But we will see. Well, Drew, we're going to table this junior day discussion, uh, and we're going to finish it up later this show. But for now, our first guest of the evening is already on hold, and I want to get you to introduce him, please. Oh, absolutely. You know, first of all, you know, uh, we are honored here at BAMS Radio to be joined by a, a longtime commit, and uh, with this part of the process anyway for him, he's been committed to Alabama for several months. It's been a solid commitment, but uh, and, and and he'll be our first guest from the Washington D.C. area of the United States. But we're we're honored to be joined by Alabama commit offensive line prospect Richie Pettibone. Richie, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Mr. Mr. Drew, really honored to be on the show. I'm so excited. Well, we're glad to be joined by you, man. And first of all, I guess uh, the first thing to ask is, I know the countdown for you has really begun. It's less than a week till you put pen to paper. How are you feeling right now about signing with the Tide? Oh yeah, you know uh, it's been a it's been a you know it's been a long long four years in high school, and uh, you know kind of the process. You know, started a while ago. You know, probably my uh, sophomore yearish, and uh, you know, like you said, in less than a week. You know, this is really kind of like the beginning, and uh, kind of like the end as well. The end of my high school, and the, you know, my uh, my beginning of uh, you know my career at Alabama. So, really exciting times. I know, you know, myself, my family, uh, everybody's really excited about signing day coming up, and uh, it's going to be really, really great. Going to be with all my guys from my high school, and we're all going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, celebrating everything together. So, I think we're all really, really excited. Well, no doubt, and I guess the question is: I mean, you, you've had you've had a chance to plan this out in your mind for a long time, and you and your family. But uh, what 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 are you all going to be doing? Anything special on Wednesday? I know you'll probably have it at the school, but what's what are your plans? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, on Wednesday, I know. Uh, you know, at at my school, uh, at uh, we uh, all kind of it's kind of like a big assembly, and all the guys who are going to be signing to all different sports. You know, basketball, lacrosse, football. We all get together. You know, we sign. We have all of our hats, you know, wear our hats, we're all in nice suits, all, all the families are there. It's, it's going to be a really, really special day. And I uh, I think after that, you know, my me, uh, myself, my whole family, and a couple, couple other of my uh, really close friends will probably, uh, you know, go out, grab grab some uh, grab some lunch uh, in, uh, in in the Washington, D.C. area and kind of celebrate the day and everything and kind of cherish it. And uh, it's going 
going to be a really awesome day. I remember, you know, uh, you know, growing up watching ESPN and watching the actual, uh, you know, on ESPN, right. the, uh, the uh, national signing day and seeing all those guys from the hat signing. It's just such an exciting time. And uh, I'm just really, really, it's going to be awesome to, you know, you know, Coach Saban does that thing where he has everybody's name and, he, you know, whatever, once the signing comes in, he put, puts it up top on the stage. So just to see my name up there with all the other commits, it's uh, going to be a really, really special day. Really excited. Well, I know you said earlier, you know, it started early for you, probably around your sophomore year with all the interest from schools. And well, just kind of know your lead recruiter, of course, is not at Alabama anymore, Lance Thompson. But just kind of talk about, you know, how you became interested in Alabama and how the process unfolded for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to start, I mean, uh, the uh, you know the University of Alabama, such a story program, and uh, in the landscape of, uh, of uh, football, college football, such a such an amazing university. You know, I've always been an Alabama fan growing up. You know, watching them playing, and you know, national championship games, huge games, just you know, always seeing Alabama on TV. You know, I've 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 always been a, I've always been an Alabama fan, and then uh, you know, kind of like I said before, my sophomore year. Uh, you know, they, they started showing some interest in me, and uh, I was really, really excited about that. And then uh, I got the opportunity to go down to camp um, my summer of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, and that's when uh, Coach Saban offered me a scholarship. So that's where it all started. And, uh, you know, right when I stepped on the capstone and that beautiful campus and all those great people down there, I just truly, truly fell in love with it from the beginning. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just uh, a matter of time for me to, you know, look at all the other schools. But, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, I think I knew I was uh, roll tied all the way. So I loved it. Uh, from the very beginning, and uh, you know, I've always, I've always been a fan, so it's going to be awesome. You know, I'll be wearing that crimson running out of that tunnel. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Richie, this is uh, Kerry. I work with um, John Garcia over at Scout.com. I know you've talked to him numerous times, uh, and BattleMag.com. Oh, uh, we, we're glad to have you uh, calling in on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline. So our motto there is "Go Big or Go Home." Uh, BigHeadsBBQ.net. Thank you for joining us tonight. I've got kind of a two-part question, but let me start with part one. Uh, as soon as your name got associated with the University of Alabama, everybody started doing research because the name Pettibon translates to a lot of football tradition. Tell us a little bit about your uh, other family members that have played the game and, and at the highest level. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just, just, just kind of start. You know, I've always grown up in, the, uh, in my – it's always been a you know a, a, a football family. Uh, my grandfather uh, played and coached in the NFL for you know over uh, 35 years or so, and uh, my dad played for the University of Maryland, played for one year for the Jets. And uh, yeah, I mean you know uh, you know growing up in that household, you know you're always around football, and uh, you know it's really, it's been, it was really really great. I mean my grandfather, and my dad, they give me constant advice, uh, you know not only about football but about life and everything like that. And uh, yeah, I mean when I when I first got off by Alabama. And, uh, you know, my uh, process kind of really took off from there. I mean, everybody started doing research. And kind of like you said, everybody was, oh, oh you know, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, family lineage and stuff like that. So it's really, really awesome and, uh, you know, honored to have the uh, Petty Bone name on the back of my jersey. So it's going to be great. And it'll be cool to, to see it on the back of the jersey as well. And speaking of the jersey, uh, what position uh, or positions are, are you being told that you'll be uh, playing once you get custody? Definitely, uh, you know, uh, having numerous conversations with uh, Coach Chris Ball, Coach Saban. Uh, they've kind of been talking to me about, you know, moving. You know, at, at high school I play a, a tackle on the outside, and they've kind of been talking to me about moving into guard or uh, even even center. But, uh, you know, right now they're kind of just leaving up in the air. 
um, you know, they just see me as a guy who can play uh, all five positions on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when it comes to di- the different positions for me, I mean, I feel comfortable playing all the positions and, uh, you know, wherever I can get on the field and, uh, you know, uh, you know, give give the team the best opportunity to win. I mean, for me, all offensive line positions are the same, staying low, being physical, and just moving your guy off the ball. So, uh, you know, wherever they want to play me. But I think right now it's going to start off inside. But uh, either way, it's going to be awesome, and I'm really, really excited about it. Well, and Richie, I got to ask you too because you got a chance to to do some to have some experiences uh, that a lot of elite process only the elite, I should say, get to have. And I want you to talk about first about this summer getting to go to the opening. And and the thing that's even more precious about that is only so many linemen get a chance to go there uh, and compete. Oh, and I, just talk about that experience for you and how it was in Oregon. Definitely. I mean, uh, I mean that was just probably. Probably the, the 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 most fun I've ever had playing football. I mean, the atmosphere, the coaches, the people. I mean, just from Nike to just all just everything. I mean, it was put together for us, and kind of like they said, it was it was football heaven, and uh, you know that's what it was. And kind of like you said, you know, there's not many guys. I think there's like 20 offensive linemen that get chosen out of the country, and uh, you know to to be uh, chosen out of that, you know. Uh, uh, select few uh, group group of guys. I was really excited about that to start out with, and then you know from there you know you got to get that mindset, got to get ready to go down there, compete and impose your will on the uh, on the guy in front of you. And uh, it was an awesome week. It was the first time for us that uh, you know for all the guys we got to wear pads going against the uh, you know the uh, the best of the best five stars and stuff like that. So it was an awesome awesome week in Oregon. And my family loved it as well, and uh, definitely one of the highlights of my high school career. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I, I wanted to ask you about a story that I've heard. Uh, uh, you know, the Barnett family is a great, you know, friends of this show, and we've had a lot of them on, of course, Blake on. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, your family, your father, uh, from what Lance Barnett tells me, before they went on their first trip to Alabama, I know you'd gotten to know them through the combines and a lot of these showcases. And your dad was, you told Lance Barnett, you'll never, you're going to be blown away when you visit Alabama. And uh, I think you guys deserve an assist for kind of helping get the ball rolling uh, with Blake uh, coming to Bama. But what is your relationship like with Blake? He's kind of been the Pied Piper trying to recruit for you guys. But uh, what, what, how is your, what is your relationship like with him and these other guys in your recruiting class? Definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, that's actually a very, very funny story. But, yeah, uh, that was very early on in the summer. At the uh, at the uh, Rivals Five Star Challenge, when uh, you know my dad met uh, Blake's dad, and you know it's my first time I got the opportunity to meet Blake, and uh, you know from there on, I mean, our relationship's kind of just taken off. I mean, uh, me and Blake talk all the time. Uh, you know, I was down there the uh, last weekend for my official visit. We were hanging out the whole time with all those guys, and uh, uh, you know, just kind of start with the class. I mean, it really feels like a family. I mean, there's guys that have been committed, to, you know, kind of like me for, for, you know, months and months. So, you know, we got to know each other for a while. We're all in, uh, you know, text messages together, constantly talking. And uh, it's a really, really strong class. And, you know, we're all really, really excited about it. And uh, it really does feel like a family. I mean, it, for me, it feels like a family down there in, uh, in, in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, you know, all of us together, you know, we've, we're always talking to each other. And, uh, you know, from Lester, Brandon, Dallas, all the guys in the offensive line, we're really excited about, you know, all of us being able to play together. And, uh yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be awesome, and we're uh, you know looking forward to bringing back a national championship to Tuscaloosa. So uh, you know, we we definitely got the class to do it. Richie, who's the better recruiter, you or Blake? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I uh, I I probably have to give the edge to to, uh, to Blake uh, because you know he he plays a skill position, he plays quarterback, so he can talk to the uh, running back and the receivers. Oh yeah, you know I'm, I'm gonna I'll be I'll be I'll be throwing to you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna get you the ball and stuff like that. So I'll probably give it to Blake. But uh, you know when it comes to the offensive lineman and, and defensive lineman, I think I, I think I got the upper hand. 
<laughs> well, I, I got to ask you, too. You got a chance to go to the Under Armour game, and this time it was another week of practice, but you got a chance to once bond once again with guys like Brandon Kennedy and Lester Cotton, and you got and to see how good of football players those were. And then, of course, you got to see Daron Payne again up close. Uh, just g- give us an idea of how the Under Armour game itself was, because that's, that's more real football you got to play. And, and it's really a, a, a gives you a big-time preview of what you're about to experience at Alabama with the, the, the step-up in the elite competition. How was the Under Armour week for you? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, it was, it, was, it was – I mean, that was another – you know, that was, it was awesome. I mean, you know, it was just uh, kind of like, a, you know, the uh, – the height or the, uh, you know, the finishing touch of your, of your high school career. And uh, kind of like you said, it's just like a preview of, you know, me going against the best of the best of practice in Alabama and having the opportunity to be next to Brandon Lester. I mean, I'll be blocking for Blake, uh, Calvin. Uh, it's just, it's, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, all, all of us together and we're, we're, we're you know, in, in that whole week, you know, we were vibing as, you know, as an offensive line, as a unit and, uh, you know, hanging out with each other in, in the hotel, you know, just, just chilling, hanging out. And uh, that whole week was awesome. So many awesome coaches out there giving us the opportunity to uh, go out there and compete, and uh, it was such an awesome venue. I mean, uh, the Under All American Game. It's, it's another. I'm, I've been growing up watching my whole life, and I'm just been saying like, you know, one day I told my dad, one day, you know, Dad, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play in that game, you know, and uh, you know, it was awesome. It was an awesome week. Uh, all all of our guys together, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, getting the opportunity to play against uh, Payne, that uh, Duran. I've been I've been kind of working with him for a while, and uh, I was really really pumped up. <laughs> I didn't get it on video, but after he committed. He came back on the field, and I, I uh, went across the line, gave big hugs. It was it, it was awesome, and uh, we were really excited. I think we came in with like eleven commitments, and we left with thirteen. So it was it was an awesome week, and uh, the uh, Alabama class showed strong, and we uh, we got even more guys on board. So it was definitely definitely a great week. I tell you what, uh, I don't know how much you follow um, Alabama football recruiting on on Twitter, Richie, but today has been. One of the craziest days ever. Uh, decommitments, trips planned, trips not planned. We don't know. But just to, to narrow down the question, since you just self-admitted that you kind of help out with the big guys, what, if anything, do you know about the plans this weekend and then on Wednesday for Drew Richmond, sir? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, just to start with, uh, I mean, me and Drew, I've known Drew for a while. Uh, you know, the first time. We were coming together was I think it might have been two uh, two summers ago at the Alabama camp, but I I definitely uh, you know was was with him this summer at, at the opening at the Rivals camp and also at the Under Armour game. So I've been working him hard, and uh, you know I uh, I was talking to Coach Cristobal the other day when I was in my official visit, and uh, you know he he doesn't think there's going to be uh, you know any any uh, uh, you know he doesn't think anything crazy is going to happen, but you know I was like oh you never know, Coach, you know so uh, yeah I mean I mean we could. <laughs> I mean, with Coach Saban and all those guys up there, you just you you just you 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 never know what's going to happen. So, I would definitely be watching. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away because I'm not really sure, honestly. But uh, and uh, you know, I'm not a big uh, you know social media. I don't, I don't I don't have a I don't have a Twitter, so uh, wasn't up to speed with all that craziness. But I know that uh, Drew was interested from the unknown again. I haven't spoke to him since then, but uh, he uh, he seemed pretty excited about it. So, signing days coming up here, like you said, a week away. So, we're going to find out. Yeah, we are, Richie. And I got a, another question to ask you about a prospect that you got a chance to play with there that I think could very easily end up in the class because you got a chance to see him in the game and kind of see him during the week. But what for the Alabama fans that for with 
what kind of player is Daylon Charlotte? And if you know, should he ink with the tide? What 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 will he bring to the table offensively for you guys? Oh, definitely. I mean, he is he is a great great player, uh, great athlete. Um, and I think that adding any guy to the class, it would just be huge. I mean, you know, we can use guys at at, at every position, and uh, you know, keep just uh, you know refilling those spots. And uh, yeah, he's a great athlete, great competitor, and a guy that you know we we would love to have signed with the side, absolutely. And Richie, another guy I needed to ask you about, you know, since you're in charge of the big guy, what can you tell us at all about the possibility and the uh, playing ability and just any kind of prediction about CC Jefferson? Oh yeah, uh, first time I met CC was at the uh, the Rottles Five Star Challenge, and uh, you know he's a great great competitor. Uh, he's quick, he's fast, he's very physical, and uh, you know I know that he uh, he made a visit down to Alabama. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or earlier this week, but I, I know he made like one of uh, a last little visit. I think one of his tops was uh, I think uh, uh, Ole Miss, but I'm you know I'm, I'm, I might be mistaken there. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, I mean CC would be a huge steal for us. He's a very physical, quick defensive lineman. I mean, he's a five-star. He's one of the you know top ten players in the class, and a guy we would definitely love to have. He's a great competitor. He's a really, really great guy as well. Great leader. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things could happen. You know, you just you 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 uh, can never they can never count Alabama out. So you never know. Well, I got to ask you too. I mean, one of the big reasons you chose Alabama. Because right now, I think he's as good a recruiter as there is in the country. You said you got them more during your official visit. But talk about your relationship with Mario Cristobal and what he meant to you choosing Alabama. He he has really done a great job in the last two years recruiting offensive linemen, and he obviously is a uh, is very a very personable guy and knows how to you know communicate with players really really well. I think that he did a great job coaching the unit this year, especially through injuries. But what kind? Of, just talk about your relationship with Mario. Definitely, and uh, you know I've I've been uh, you know talking to Coach Cristobal almost every day. Uh, you know, we're constantly talking, you know, just having, you know, normal conversations. And not even about football, but kind of like you said, Coach Cristobal is such a personable guy, you know. I can really talk to him about anything. You know, if I have anything on my mind, anything's going on. And uh, I really, really love Coach Cristobal. I love the whole staff. And, uh, you know, Coach Cristobal really made, you know, my dad, my mom, my brothers, made, made them feel like family, made them feel like home. And uh, he was here the other day for an official visit, and he also came back with uh, Coach Saban as well. And, uh just, yeah, I've had an awesome relationship with uh, Coach Chris Bell throughout the whole process. And it was just kind of topped off this weekend at the official visit. Everything was perfect. It's awesome. I mean, it's Alabama. They, no, nobody does it Nobody does it better. It's it's it's, it's the process. It's uh, it's everything, man. So I love Coach Chris Ball. And, yeah, he's done an awesome, awesome job. And, uh, you know, really, really excited to be playing for him in the future. It's going to be awesome. Well, I've got to ask you, I know you talked about your grandfather briefly, but I read the story in the, in the Washington Post about Grandpa football. That's one of the first things I read about when you, when I started following your your process. When I felt like Alabama had a really good shot of signing you, and the, I, he, the thing I took about that I, I really liked about it was he said he he continues to coach you up on your technique, and I think he actually you you actually guys had got him an iPad, so he was watching film on the iPad, which I thought was neat. But uh, just kind of talk about uh, what what your grandfather's meant to your career because having a resource like that has got to be invaluable. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, Grandpa Football. Yeah, we uh, we we did. We, we got we got we got a little uh, little little uh, little iPad. We're uh, you know still still teaching him how to work it, but uh, he's got the film on there. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, growing up, uh, you know, my grandfather, he's always been there for me. And you know, we've always called him Grandpa Football. I mean, that's that's pretty much all. That's I don't I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody just call him Grandpa. It's just uh, it, it's it's Grandpa Football. <laughs> so he's always there for me. 
And, uh, you know, he's been around the game for so many years, uh, head coach, defensive coordinator, a player. And uh, kind of like you said, he's always coaching me up, trying to, you know, really help me out. And, uh, you know, if anybody knows, it's him. And uh, he's just a great, great man, great, great leader, great, great grandfather. And, uh, you know, he's always there for me, my family, you know, my cousins, my aunt, my uncle, my dad. And, uh, you know, he's a great, great guy. And he's a, he's just, uh, it's just awesome, man. And he's, he's calm, he's relaxed. And, you know, it's, it's not always about football, you know, he's, He's he's around the house, relaxing, hanging out, and uh, he's uh, he's really excited about Alabama. Uh, you know, I think uh, he's he he you know he he's my whole family's from the state of uh, you know Louisiana, so uh, you know LSU, Tulane, and he's he's going to come down for the Alabama versus LSU game. So uh, I think he's pretty excited about it. But uh, he's uh, he's well tied all the way, and uh, love having him around and just trying to you know cherish all the moments with him. He's a man. Well, has he uh, has he been to, on a trip to the university yet? I know you and your family have been on a few. Has he come down yet? Uh, no, he has he, he has he has not come down yet. And uh, you know, Coach, Coach David is uh, he's, he, every time I see Coach David, he's he's always on me about getting uh, get, get my grandfather down because uh, he wants to talk to him. But uh, no, he uh, he hasn't absolutely come down, uh, talk ball. Yeah, definitely, exactly, yeah, exactly. So um, I know Coach David and my grandfather they uh, they. They you know know each other really well, so uh, they 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 got a good relationship. And uh, yeah, my grandfather he likes to he likes to relax and uh, just uh, kind of kind of lay low. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's great stuff. Because I I figured with Coach Saban's extensive history in the NFL that he and your grandfather were probably familiar with one another. That'd be a conversation. I'd like to be a fly on the wall <laughs> to hear that. Absolutely, no absolutely. That. Well, I guess the. One of the last questions are for the audience to kind of get an idea for you physically. Uh, what, what what is your current height and weight? Um, my current height and weight is six four and a half, and I'm three hundred and sixteen pounds. Okay, wow. Is uh, have you? Uh, I guess I guess you, are you looking forward to once you once you after you sign getting that FedEx package from Scott Cochran to start the fourth quarter program? <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 uh, it's, it's going to be sick. Uh, you know, we talked to Coach Cochran on our official visit as well, and. Uh, we're going to be pumping iron, man. We're going to get ready to, to get really, really get after some guys. So we're really fired up. So, and I guess the last question: If they told you yet, yeah, you gonna, you know what number you're going to get? Um, I don't know what number yet. Uh, I'm thinking I want to wear number seventy-seven. Uh, but I, I right. don't know though. You know, I'm uh, just going to see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not really a uniform number uh, kind of guy. So gotcha. whatever number I get, I'll, I'll be pumped up. I'll be ready to go. Well, I, I got to tell you, you can keep the you can keep the the Maryland a- angle going with uh, Ari. He had a great career and was a first team exactly, All American. Yeah. It would be a, a nice uh, passing the torch there for you to take seventy seven. Well, like I say, Rich man, we've kept we've kept you for about twenty minutes. We really appreciate you joining our Bams Radio family. We look we were really uh, so, like super excited about you signing and on this coming Wednesday and then. And then seeing you out on the on the on the gridiron and the crimson jersey, so we really thank you for taking some time out and uh, roll tide, Richie. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so so much. Really appreciate you guys uh, taking time your busy schedule to uh, talk to me and uh, just everybody out there. You guys as well. So excited about Alabama. Roll tide all the way and uh, ready to win four more national championships. I'm jacked up. Thank you guys very very much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Good stuff, Richie Pettibon. You heard it here. I tell you what, Drew. Uh, if he's really six four and a half, uh, uh, maybe we shouldn't rule out him as a left tackle possibility if we don't get Richmond. It could happen. Uh, you know, it could, I think he's versatile enough 
Uh, I think uh, he could play. I, I told somebody today five positions. I think with his lineage and his uh, and his uh, watching him fundamentally, he could be a center. He could be either a right or a left guard, or he could play tackle. I mean, Barrett Jones was not your prototypical left tackle, but he won the freaking Outland Trophy playing the position because he knew he had such a great football IQ. He understood angles. He understood leverage. And I think, you know, Richie's the same kind of guy. The first thing that went through my mind when I saw him on tape was uh, another Barrett Jones. And just very excited about him. And you can tell football's important to him. Uh, he's been brought up in a football family. His, I, I would, And I meant what I said. I would love to be a fly on the wall when, when Richie Pettibon finally does the grandpa football, walk through the practice gate and uh, talk to Nick Saban. That would be a fascinating conversation to hear. It would. It would. And it will happen someday. All right. Well, what we're going to do now, uh, before the top of the hour, Drew, I want to finish off this list of uh, potential day, yes. of junior day. I'm going to pick it up, and I'm going to skip the ones that you've already mentioned. Uh, and even some of those down here on the list you've already talked about, like the two leads kids. So what, if anything, and we're going back to Memphis again, uh, a wide receiver from White Station, uh, Dylan Mitchell. Dylan Mitchell. Yeah, he's somebody that kind of came on the scene last year. Uh, I think I want to say he unofficially visited Alabama for a game. And uh, he, he's someone that's got nice height. Uh, I think I, my question, though, is, Kerry, you know, I, I, one wide receiver that I know that they're going to be interested in is Calvin Ridley, who, by the way, whose coach admitted this week he's already taller than Calvin, which I was just, wow. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. I think Dylan Mitchell is going to be in the mix for one of those spots, but it's going to be interesting to see how many they take because as of right now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, does Alabama even have a returning receiver that will be a senior next fall? Not that I'm aware of. Chris Black yeah. would be a junior, right? Yeah, Chris Black. He's pretty much the veteran of the group. So, no, not yeah. that I know of. No. I think that we may only see two to maybe two receivers taken in the class. It'll be really interesting to see. I think a lot of them will be verbally offered. I, I, I think most of them will be camp kids, except for maybe Kevin Ridley, who most people seem to think is a five-star talent. But I think uh, Mitchell will be one of those guys that's on the short list. It's going to be very interesting because that's the position to me that's – unless you see some transfers now, you could see a couple kids leave the program. But as of right now, there's no seniors upcoming. And to be honest, Kerry, I don't see any of them declaring for the NFL draft after next year, though – as, mu- as crazy as it sounds, if Robert Foster finally, if the light came on and he caught 60 passes, he's a redshirt sophomore, he could declare. But, I mean, we'd have to wait and see. That's a long ways from right now. But uh, as of right now, I wouldn't think they would have any early declarations for, as a receiver. Well, as a, as a wise old woman once told me, sometimes the lights are on, but nobody's home. <laughs> anyway, um, let's, uh, let's continue down the list. Uh, another wide receiver, actually two teammates, a wide receiver, and a defensive tackle, uh, both from Starkville High in Mississippi. Uh, the receiver is A.J. Brown, and the DP is Kobe Jones. Yeah, the thing about A.J. Brown, I saw his uh, senior, well, he's now departed, his uh, senior teammate from this season in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. He had two touchdown catches. I think he got player of the, uh, of the game for the state of Mississippi. Uh, but I, they they blew out Florence this past year, Kerry. You know, Florence High School with Keaton Anderson and those guys went over to Starkville and played them and got destroyed uh, by Starkville. You had a really good team. I think they may have finished ranked in the top ten in the nation. 
So I, you know, I I had heard they had a receiver. That must be the young man. I have not watched any film of him, but the young, after watching the young kid put on a show uh, uh, at uh at, in the uh, Alabama Mississippi game, I was told about another wide receiver. That's obviously got to be AJ Brown. And if he's actually six two, two hundred and ten pounds. That guy is going to be big time, and they told me he was going to probably be like a five-star caliber kid. So I would not be surprised, uh, you know, if Alabama's heavily interested in him. And uh, if he's as good as the kid I saw this past uh, uh, December, uh, wow, if he's a better ball player, that guy's going to be uh, heavily recruited. And it also says his teammate, uh, three-star defensive tackle, Kobe Jones, will be here. Kobe Jones. I Yeah, I haven't seen any film of him yet, uh, obviously. Uh, the, uh, he he I, that that football team was loaded because oh yeah they were the, the, the kids that I saw they, I think there was two or three of them that I saw at the Alabama Mississippi game and wow man I have they beat seen, Clinton in the playoffs and Clinton had a really good team uh, yeah you, you matter of fact I'm a little surprised Cam Akers Clinton's quarterback slash athlete's not on this list with uh, Alabama did visit him at Clinton High this past week uh, but again they do have another game today coming up a few weeks down the road yeah let's keep got, pushing down the list. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in from Calhoun High in Georgia, which is the school that, that gave us our place kicker. Uh, his this gentleman's name is Landon Rice. Yeah, I've, I heard about him the other day that he would be visiting. Uh, it's going to be uh, I, the one that I knew they had a lot of interest in, but he's already committed elsewhere. Is the young man from uh, Buford uh, who I'd watched film of. Uh, and I, somebody told me though he's going to transfer high school though, but I believe he's already committed uh, to Florida State. If uh, if I, but you may you may be able to help me there. But I think, uh, but this the, the, the young man you're talking about, I, I definitely expect him to try to find a couple of tight ends. So he's definitely going to be somebody that's going to be evaluated and then looked at closely. But we'll see. But uh, I I also saw another uh, very interesting name that might end up uh, visiting, and uh, that was uh, Chahidi Onya, who's another uh, kid from Riverdale who may end up visiting as well. I know that uh, that he was recently profiled. He's the best guy on my list. Yeah, yeah. He's also going to be there. Six foot six, 230 pounds. Uh, They list him as a defensive end, but I I would imagine he probably plays both sides of the ball. And he's someone else that I think is very, very uh, intriguing. All right, well, uh, after uh, him, uh, we have a, uh, an offensive tackle. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about Bay High School in Panama City. This gentleman's name is Christian Gaynor. Yeah, Christian Gaynor. Yeah, that, that's another interesting name, too, because I, I, I because I know that they're going to try to sign at least, I think, four or five offensive linemen yet again. And I, 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 still, I still go back to the, if they need to find a couple of, pure tackles, and I think Willie Allen is someone that's leaning to Alabama if they've got a chance to recruit, but with Ed Orgeron coming on at LSU, it probably won't be as uh, easy as it looked at one time, even though uh, JT Curtis High School is definitely, uh, you know, friendly to Alabama, but again, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, I think most of the offensive linemen, and they, as you know, they just got through offering Greg Little recently from right. Allen, Texas, Texas but yes. Yeah, he's a commitment to Texas A&M, and he's uh, someone that is uh, almost like a freak athlete. But I think it's going to be really tough to get him out of the state of Texas. And we've already talked about E.J. Price. He's not slated to come to the uh, to the uh, camp or the junior day right now. He hasn't been offered by Alabama, and he's just transferred from you know Central Gwinnett High School 
to unfortunately uh, who was an Alabama friendly head coach to Archer, which I've heard is a, a Georgia friendly school. So we'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with EJ Price because I know a lot of people are very high on his ability. Next, we have a couple of teammates from Laurel High School in Mississippi, uh, tight end Octavius Cooley and quarterback Keon Howard. Yeah, Keon Howard. I just heard today that Keon Howard was uh, confirmed that he was going to visit. Have not seen any film on him. I'm going to be really interested to see what they do quarterback-wise because you know they're going to take one. And uh, he's probably somebody that they're going to have under – uh, consideration. He's got good size, 6'2", 210 from Laurel. Uh, of course, but I know they also like Jawan Pass. Have not heard if he is going to visit uh, from Carver, Columbus. Obviously, a teammate of going to be a signee to Alabama Wednesday, uh, Makai Brown, who is a longtime commit. I know Jawan has been on campus, and he they say he's a legit 6'5". Have not you know seen him in person. But uh, I know a guy that I mentioned that will be there, though, Ty Pegram. I kind of wish Ty Pegram was a little bit taller, Kerry. If he was six foot one, I think I would be all for that young man uh, being the QB. And I know another quarterback, I haven't heard if he's going to confirm if he's visiting or not, coming off an injury. I know you've always been high on Tyler Johnston. I don't see him on the list. Uh, I really don't think that uh, he's a priority for Alabama as much as I've pushed him in the yes. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's even on the back burner right now for Alabama. Just to be frank, his younger brother yeah. is, uh, but he's not slated. Yeah. But again, back. there'll be another one of these in about three weeks, and we'll have some more names then. Uh, uh, we've already talked about the two Leeds kids, so we'll we'll pass them. Uh, here's a, a cornerback from Amet High in Louisiana, Joshua Perry. Yeah, Joshua Perry. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting because I know that with the uh, with the advent. Of uh, that they're gonna they're gonna want to add I think two to three corners and probably a couple of safeties. Uh, don't know a whole lot about those guys, but to be honest, I haven't really started to focus on the 2016 except for a handful of them. I'm sure he's gonna be somebody that they evaluate. Uh, I thought it was interesting that I was hoping Malik Miller, uh, back uh, from Madison Academy, would visit this weekend for this junior day, but he will not. According to who I talked to today, he's not slated to visit, and uh, hopefully he'll make the second one. But uh, I agree. I, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of defensive backs evaluated. Not really familiar with him yet, but uh plan on studying up. All right, I'm going to read you a couple, three names in a row because this is taking a lot longer than I thought it would, and you just you just sit on any, any one of them you want to, okay? All right, gotcha. uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you two names in a row right now. Uh, Jacob Mathis, tight end from um, – from Florida, uh, Tampa, Florida, Berkeley Prep, and Colton Prater, offensive guard from Airline High in Bossier, Louisiana. Yeah, I'm not familiar with either one of those guys. Get those two. Uh, two more for you to consider. Uh, Jordan Jones, tight end from Smackover High. What an awesome name. wonder what their uh, mascot is. Smackover <laughs> yeah. High in Arkansas. He's committed to Arkansas right now, but he's missing the, uh, this weekend. Jordan Jones, tight end. And then a guy that I know you're familiar with, Drew, because he goes to the same high school as basketball commit days on England, LaMichael Perrine, running back from Theodore, Alabama. Yeah, I've heard a lot about LaMichael. Uh, I, I, I've heard reports that he was going to visit, so I'm glad you got him on your list. He wasn't on mine. I've been trying to get in touch with the young guy. I don't have a number, but I've been hearing about LaMichael since, you know, basically this past summer. Uh, they, that he, he had, they, they talked about he was an explosive kid. He would be a big-time – SEC elite 
before it was all said and done. And uh, he's 5'11", 215 pounds, big-time running back. But as you said, there's a lot of interesting running backs in the state of Alabama. Uh, we, we talked about Trey Nation briefly, who I really like, but there may be an issue there with speed. Uh, you know, he's well, that's why I think he rejects more than H-back. Yeah, and so we will see there. He could end up being much like yeah, like the Sherrius Flowers. But uh, you know, he could end up being that kind of prospect. But Lamichael Piron, uh, anxious to see him. I've seen just a little bit of film of him. I guess the only question I have is really how fast he is. I do like the size, just like Kingston Davis. Of course, Kingston I think is a little bit heavier and a little bit taller. But uh, I think uh, Piron will definitely be somebody that they evaluate. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting because I don't think Alabama, uh, with the, uh, obviously we've had some attrition with all T10 Penny, and we kind of expected that. But it'll be interesting to see coming up this year. Derrick Henry will probably obviously be somebody that they're looking at to fall NFL level if he has a nice year. It'll be interesting to take. And uh, Thomas Watts uh, researched my question. The mascot for Smack Over High School is the Buckaroos. The Buckaroos. Moving on from six will be there Saturday. Uh, we have a uh, – I'm just going to go over these real quick, and then we'll go to the underclassmen. Well, they're all underclassmen, but we'll go to some guys that aren't even juniors yet. But the rest of the juniors coming in, Drew, and you just hit on any of these you want to. Christian Roberson, tight end from McEachern High in Georgia. Jeffrey Simmons, defensive end from Knoxville County High in Mississippi, Macon, Mississippi. Jerico Morris, athlete from Crystal Springs High in Mississippi. And uh, Keontae Taylor, athlete from Logan High in Union City, California. Any of those ring the bell? Not. And no, it was okay. <laughs> no, that, yeah. they, they, they don't ring a bell with me. Okay. I mean, I, Here's I some have... that I think will. Here's some I think, at least one of these three, I know, no, one of these three will definitely ring a bell with you, okay? Uh, one of them, uh, two of them are from out of state, though. Uh, 2017 kids. The first one is Najee Harris. He's really kind of blown up lately from California, Antioch High. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a big, big name to me. I've been talking about it quite a bit on Ware's websites the last few days. Are you anything at all about Najee? Uh, a little bit, but I haven't, like I say, I haven't, I've been more studying the 2015 and the end of this class, Carrie. All right, well, here's another 17 kids. Uh, and we have on the show before, uh, Malcolm Askew, an athlete from uh, McAdory uh, over here in McCall, Alabama. Yeah, I've interviewed Malcolm, yeah, Vincent Malcolm Askew. He, to me, he's a really, really uh, bright young man. Uh, he plays quarterback and wide receiver and then in the defensive backfield for McAdory. And uh, I think he's going to be a big-time kid. He's already receiving interest in, like, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Texas A&M. I think he's a big Alabama fan, though. And uh, one thing I really like about him, he's not going to be a quarterback on the SEC level, but he kind of thinks like a QB. And uh, that's the uh, the impression I got when I interviewed him. You know, his, his he just sent me his film a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> very impressed uh, for with what he's got. Like, in the fall, he's already been, you know, a frequent visitor to Alabama. And uh, I think uh, they, you know, show continue to show the interest that they're showing, and obviously, if they if somebody whether Tosh story, I think uh, you know Malcolm asks you somebody, you better be on the lookout for 
uh, in another couple of years because he seems to me to be a big time kid. He felt he felt like when I interviewed him that he would play either quarter. I mean, a wide receiver or defensive back. Hadn't really decided, you know, what side of the ball he preferred. But uh, I think he's a big time prospect, and I think he'll probably be a top five in state kid uh, in two years. And a guy that's only going to be a sophomore this year, but he's visiting. Yeah, wide receiver from Pinson Valley High in Alabama, the Allen Daly. Yeah, Lee Allen Daly. I've heard a little bit of buzz about him. I mean, obviously uh, they've been they've, they've had a they've, they've had Ernest Robinson come out of there, and then obviously uh, Nick, uh, they have the tailback this year that's going to uh, Mississippi State that Alabama showed heavy interest in for a while. But uh, I, I think he was what they finally decided was he was just a, on the on the on the fringe all. Almost Alabama caliber, but not quite. And then he ended up getting injured. Felt bad for him there. But, uh, again, I've heard a little bit of buzz about him. And Matt Glover's done a really good job at Pinson Valley. i got to give him credit, man. They, they've been they've been turning out some SEC-level kids. And uh, I, if, I'm anxious to see this kid and learn more about him. It sounds like if he's already, you know, getting invited to Alabama going his sophomore year, he's got to be a big-time kid uh, in the future. Okay. And uh, I want to remind everybody that's listening, uh, that uh, we would love for you to call in if you're listening live <laughs> on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline, which is 714-510-3707. That's 714-510-3707, the Big Head Barbecue Hotline. Love to have you as a guest BAMS Radio. You can also check out Big Head's Barbecue at his website, bigheadsbbq.net. He'd be more than happy to cater your next church or sporting or social or any kind of a rotary club, whatever you got, he'll he'll bring you some great ball. But speaking of that hotline, we want to go ahead and bring on now our next caller, uh, Colin Big C McGuire, who's now a weekly caller from Greenville. Uh, what you got for C? Hello, you on that? I'm on now. Yeah, man, you live. Hello, I'm on. We're live. Hey, yeah. good. hey Kate. Um, question. Hey. I noticed. C.C. Jefferson is somebody a big-time target. You think, what do y'all think Alabama's chances of getting him? I know no, several other schools are after him also, and they said he's going to wait till Wednesday to make the big announcement. Yeah, I, I, he's going to wait till signing day, Big C. But, you know, I'm starting to feel good about Alabama's chances. You know, we got word at Intel today that Alabama is starting to feel even better about it, and that was before the in-home visit with Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin, and Tosh Lupoy. I'm anxious to see if you know if he follows through with his official visit plans. At LSU, my suspicions are he won't. Uh, I, it'll, I'm anxious to see where he matriculates this weekend. Will he go back to Gainesville? He was there Tuesday. Could he even show up in Tuscaloosa with C.C. Jefferson? I guess I've learned never know. I don't think he'll be back in Oxford, but uh, again, you know, he's he's somebody that's you know been very very you know um, and. and I guess uh, it's the best way to be active in the process via social media and Facebook, and has yeah. it's like he's always traveling every weekend. And I'm anxious to see what happens. Uh, he's six two, two hundred seventy five pounds. Would really I, they're they're recruiting him as a jack linebacker, but I think he'll be a defensive end in short order should he sign with Alabama. But I think uh, obviously a selling point with him right now is Tosh Lupoi, who's already in. Though he's only, you know, been officially hired a few a uh, few days, has basically been the successor to Lance Thompson since he went to Auburn, and I think that's the one kid that Tosh has already made a big impact with. And I'll let Kerry give his thoughts. Oh, I I, I think that uh, Tosh Lupoi is one of the best recruiters Alabama's ever hired. He was uh, when he was a full time coach 
uh, out in Pac-10. He was uh, there. He was the national recruiter of the year in 2010 by Rivals.com. So uh, he's outstanding at what he does. He's also a good on the field coach. Uh, you know, Alabama Big C today did something they've never done under Saban. They sent the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, uh, Kiffin and Smart, along with Lupoy, all to visit C.C. Jefferson at school. And then tonight they're at his house. So uh, I, I think Alabama has at least a 50% chance. And if you ask me with God, I'd say it was 20 25%. So things are looking much, much better for C.C. Jefferson. That's good. Well, um, what about the Mel Tucker guy that's with, that was with the Chicago Bears? Is that official yet, or are they, they going to make an announcement soon, or what do y'all know on that? Yeah, they, uh, Mel Tucker and Jody Wright uh, were official today, Big C. Uh, Jody will be coming over from UAB back to Alabama after he spent three years there as a graduate assistant in 2010 to 2012. He will be director of player personnel and coordinate all recruiting efforts uh, for Alabama. Uh, he's a, And then, of course, Mel Tucker uh, from the Chicago Bears and in 10 years in the NFL, defensive coordinator with three organizations, with the Browns, with the Jaguars, and then, of course, with Chicago, he was not retained when the Bears made a coaching and general manager change. So he has had previous experience with Coach Saban uh, at Michigan State and also at LSU. Uh, so he's, uh, But he spent the last 10 years in the NFL, but he will be the defensive backs coach, really with the safeties, and then uh, be assistant head coach. And I think uh, he's going to be a, do a great job. Anytime you have his, uh, you know, a 10 years experience in the NFL, I think it's going to be an advantage. It'll be a big-time recruiting uh, tool to use, and I think he's someone hopefully that can bring a teaching aspect back to the secondary that can give him some juice because I think it's much needed. And, uh, again, uh, I always like having a guy from the NFL with a lot of NFL experience. Uh, You know, a lot of people gave Joe Pendry heck when he came to Alabama, but after he was with the program for three years, actually four from 2007 to 2010, nobody wanted him to retire, I can tell you that. And uh, he did such a great job at Alabama and still as a consultant at the university and a fundraiser, but and still, you know, uh, can, always is in constant communication with Coach Saban. But I think uh, Mel Tucker can be a, a big-time asset as well. I, I really like the hire. Wow, that's pretty good, then. Um, well, uh, uh, one other question. The basketball team, how you think they'll do against Kentucky at Kentucky uh, Saturday? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I, I give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if they if they can stay within okay. twenty, I, I think it'll it'll uh, it, it'll be probably considered a a, a, a decent performance. Uh, they're going to have a, it's going to be an uphill battle. Uh, you know, I just want you just want them to go play hard. They're going to be out athleted, going to be out talented. Uh, they lost by twenty two at home. Uh, you know, I, I would expect Kentucky might come out a little flat, uh, so Alabama might be able to stay within striking distance early, but that is really going to be a, a tough one. I, I would expect a 20 to 30 point loss, to be honest. I hope you're wrong, but you never know. But, uh, oh, I'll uh, would be a moral, dude. Yeah. Well, uh, gosh, I don't know really what else. I just want to give y'all a call. Uh, Drew, are you going to be able to be on tomorrow? Yeah, no problem, Big C. Looking forward to it. All right. Um, anything thank else? You, uh, thank y'all. I'll talk to y'all next week. Appreciate it. See y'all. All right. Bye. Right side, Big C. Oh, man. Thank you, Big C. Hey, Drew. Uh, 
I'm not sure what you might know about this guy. I, I saw it at first. And I thought, didn't that guy play basketball in Memphis? But anyway, uh, another person that just confirmed for Junior Day this weekend is a uh, player by the name of uh, Tariq Black. Says he's from Hamden, Connecticut, and he's uh, he says a two-time All-American wide receiver. Tariq Black. Yeah, and maybe he means high school All-American. I don't know. Uh, so looking forward to Alabama's Junior Day, Roll Tide, and you know, that little elephant thing you always use in your tweets. You got all that in there, Cody. I don't know. I thought, Tariq Black. I thought he played basketball. But anyway, now this is a receiver, and I guess he's from Hamden, Connecticut. Which, Hamden, uh, Connecticut. I don't know what the high school football level is up in uh, Hamden, Connecticut. But whoever, whoever he says, two time All American wide receiver, and he's got film on huddle. He just confirmed he's coming to Tuscaloosa. So just, you know, remember that name if he ends up getting an offer. I don't know if he will, but Tariq Black planning on coming to the day. Roll Tide, yeah. Tariq. <laughs> anyway. I, I, so, I can uh, say that's the first time I've heard that name. Yeah, I, you know. They, believe it or not, we don't have access to the whole uh, recruiting board. In no, we do we not. We like to think we do, but we don't. Yeah. They always pull us out of the hat. I see him at Cheshire Academy, uh, 6'4", 189. Uh, you know that. Academy. Yeah, that's what I. That's, Thomas, but they gotta be the cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He 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 looks like he's a 2017 kid, Kerry. Um, okay. Okay. You know, I, he's obviously someone that they're. He's a he, sophomore coming to junior day. Yeah, he's six four, so he's got really good size. I'm just looking at his uh huddle page real quick. Uh, well, yeah. I'd rather get you know when they are then. That's good. You know, hey. Yeah, they're they they're they're trying. I'd figured there'd be select sophomores coming that they would invite, but obviously, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, because uh, again, I've heard over 50 names mentioned, but we'll see. You know, who who ultimately shows up. But uh, I, I know several of the of the in-state kids, but I'm still studying up on. Uh, I haven't started studying the out-of-state targets yet for 2016. This 2015 class is driven me insane. This has been the craziest ending I can remember. I don't know if I can, Drew, I, seriously, a day like today with the decommitments and the possible visits. and I mean, he's, Well, I, really, I, I, as I, long I, as you've been following it, you've been following it for a long time. Do you, you remember a day much like today? No, no, not this crazy. Uh, you know, even though, I, even though, you know, most people realize that Montreal Custis wasn't coming, but uh, for whatever reason, everybody kind of decided today, since the, the last visit weekend is upon us, to take him off. And then I will say I just got another message as far as somebody not coming, Kerry. We talked about Cheyenne Carter from Kentwood. He will be visiting TCU this weekend, not Alabama. Okay. Well, but he continues to be an Alabama commitment, and there is. Oh yes, 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 yes. He uh, he's he's an Alabama commitment and everything like that, but he will not be visiting. uh, Thanks to Lee Richards of Titer Insider, and so uh, for passing that on and. You know, uh, so it's going to be – that's what I'm saying. As far as who actually shows up, it's going to be the craziest part. Uh, a junior day list, I'm going to put a few names out. but Not yet, almost not, a, yet a point. not yet. we got a, we got a guest on hold. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Put the names out. We, we, but, okay. Oh, no, I'm not I may not even put a list out. It's so crazy with junior days. Oh, yeah, I understand. All right, but uh, I want to bring on now our, our next guest, uh, a first-time guest to this show, uh, but a longtime friend of mine. A uh, former basketball teammate of mine, he has seen the uh, legendary C.T. Bama three-pointer from the right wing fall on numerous occasions in downtown Birmingham at the Y, but that's not what we got to talk about. We didn't call him, have him call him talk about basketball. 
Uh, the, our next guest is uh, one of the hosts on the Sports Blitz, WXC uh, FM, down in Alex City. He writes a column for the Alex City Outlook, and he participates on a podcast called Talking Tuscaloosa, Talking Tuscaloosa, with uh, another guest on our show uh, frequently, Jimmy Stein. But I want to bring on my longtime friend and a guy who knows as much about basketball and football as anybody you'll know in, in Alex City, Luke Robinson. What's going on, brother? Hey, guys. How are y'all? You mean we didn't? I didn't get invited on here to talk about your former uh, basketball days. That's what I thought I was here for. Uh, well, you can you can start off with that, but uh, I can tell you that uh, the percentage that was about forty back then has gone down to closer to twenty now from behind the arc for CC Bama. Although I am still playing, uh, it's not a, it's not really a pretty thing to see anymore. Uh, so we'll turn to something else, Luke, that hadn't been very pretty to see lately. And uh, I don't know if you ever have a chance, Luke, go back and listen to our uh, podcast from last week where, where Drew was talking to me while Alabama's getting beaten overtime by Arkansas because it is some of the most golden live basketball commentary you'll ever hear. But uh, at least that game, Alabama showed some offense, whereas these last two games, uh, which you saw in person live, uh, Auburn was an ugly win and Florida was an ugly loss. And today, Luke, uh, Cecil Hurt wrote a column similar to what he wrote about Mike Shula in October of 06. We both know how that turned out. You are a season ticket holder. You are very knowledgeable. You've written columns for the Outlook and Outlook City about this topic. Luke, tell me right now, what is the state of Alabama basketball? Uh, it's about as bad as it can be. If you ask me now, I mean, I, look, I'm, I've been off the grant bandwagon for quite some time now. I, I'm a firm believer in – if you believe something has to be uh, done eventually, it probably needs to be done immediately. And I saw a couple of years ago that it just looks like we've hit a ceiling. And I think we've gone about as far as Grant can go with this program. Now, Grant may be able to go to some other program and kick butt. He he really might be able to. He might be able to, the as you guys were talking about earlier, the light may come on, it may be better chemistry, whatever it is. But for him at Alabama, it's not taking shape. And I feel like it, it's time for him to go. I feel like the, the kids are still playing pretty hard. But we should be so much better than this, guys. I mean, that's what's so disappointing to me. Um, it, it's just that nobody is developing. It, we've got some seniors on this team. And really, I, I know Levi – Randolph, for instance, I know his points per game have definitely gone up. But you look at somebody like Rodney Cooper, how much better is he right now than when he first got here? Uh, that, those are the things that bother me. Um, the The fact that uh, one of the things that bothers me that maybe doesn't bother quite as many other people, uh, for instance, the, this past – or the, the Auburn game or – this past game Sunday against Florida and going back all the way to the Kentucky game and I guess the Arkansas game, uh, these last four. Okay, I saw on multiple occasions uh, an opportunity for Grant to show passion, to show that his players, that he's going to fight for them when there was a bad call. And, look, I don't, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't blame officials anymore, but I blame coaches for not getting on to those officials when when they make a bad call, especially in basketball. Because I do believe that uh, if you are a, a coach that allows bad calls to go on unchecked and, and you don't uh, 
get on the officials every now and again, they will run all over you. And I watched specifically last Saturday against Auburn. Bruce Pearl worked those officials as hard as he could, as hard as he could at all times. And, you know, was it the sometimes was it the classiest thing I've ever seen? No. But that's, I mean, he's out there to win a game, so I respect that. And meanwhile, Alabama loses arguably its most key player in a call that I thought shouldn't have been made. And it was all brought about because Bruce Pearl brought it to their attention and sold it. And Grant did nothing to sell it the other way. And it's moments like that that bother me a lot. And I'm just, guys, it's, I hate to be at this point of, uh, of fandom and watching this basketball team and almost watching the basketball games now not because I'm so filled with optimism or because I'm excited Alabama's playing. I'm, I'm watching it because it, I'm, I'm loyal and I feel like I, this is something i got to do. And when you get to that point uh, as a fan, it's kind of miserable. Well, you know, Luke, uh, this is Drew, and i, I got to agree with just about everything you're saying. Uh, I basically lost confidence when – and I'm from Huntsville, and I'm very familiar with – with the young man and his family and his high school coach. But when Trevor Lacey left the program, I uh, basically completely lost, uh, you know, faith in Grant. The thing that stuck in my head is I'll never forget when he said that at the end, I was at the Maryland game in the NIT when Alabama dropped yet another, you know, close game when Trevor Lacey got a good look at the rim, didn't hit it. And the thing he kept playing up on the radio was we're going to, we know where we're going as a program. Everybody's returning to this team, yada, yada. Within two weeks, Trevor was gone, and so was Musa Gay. And I've right. always felt like he couldn't, he could not manage a roster. Uh, and then the biggest flaw in his program is, and Mark Godfrey is still not a strong head coach, but I felt like what Mark did that's been different than what Grant has been able to do, he had some really good guys on his staff. They've never, you know, but they haven't had a big man coach since Tom Asbury left uh, that could develop post players. The lack of a post game throughout Grant's tenure has been alarming. Uh, and I'm not even going to give him credit for Jamichael Green because he didn't recruit him. Uh, and then letting John Brandon basically take kids. I've been told he took Abbas Sahan, Musa Gay, uh, also Carl Ingstrom, all sight unseen. Guys that are not in red, but he's not even really a, in my opinion, an SEC caliber player. Um, I, you know, I, that's been my biggest thing. Is and then the the biggest thing that bothers me about the team is, and I, I made point of this on Twitter after the Florida game, and I made it in the Auburn game, even though they came back and won. Is I just think this team, I think they still compete and try to play hard, but they're soft mentally and physically, and I just oh, think, yeah. and they and they're. And and they're passionless because their head coach is. I don't even no, think totally they play agree. with enough emotion. I mean, and uh, and I think they reflect Coach Grant. I, when he was mic'd up against Florida, he's in the huddle. He's sitting there telling everybody, "Let's not make emotional decisions." And I'm like, Grant, what in the blue blazes are you talking about, dude? I mean, first of all, y'all are playing. Y'all are, y'all. They played one of the worst first halves I've ever seen them play against a Florida team that's not very good. And that's what was frustrating. That game was there for the taking, 
and uh, and and they should have won the game. I think they're a better basketball team than Florida, but for, quite frankly, Billy's team was a little tougher. And Billy is a is a two time national championship coach. While in my opinion, Grant has proven to be a mid major head coach that will never uh, that will never be a big time SEC level guy. In my opinion. Well, let me say this: that um, as far I wrote an article last week in, in the local fish wrapper here about some of those very things, and, and the one thing that stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, very good article, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. And was that I, I was sitting in the stands for the Kentucky game. Everybody was excited. I, w- I was excited that so many people showed up. I was a little worried about the, the crowd, but the people showed up, and it was great. But they sat on yeah. their hands the whole time. Now, it's that's been a common theme throughout some Alabama moments in basketball, but never for somebody like I mean, we've, we've had some right. good – rowdy crowds for big-time games. And I thought it was a complete reflection of the coach. And, and that mm-hmm. because in that game, look, Kentucky, point? if we play Kentucky 50 times, they're going to beat us 50 times more than likely. I mean, they are a lot better yeah. than we are. But they're a lot better than everybody. And it yeah. still doesn't mean that if there's a bad call out there, and there were some bad calls out there, they just allowed some of those guys to, to push uh, Jimmy Taylor all over the place that you can't stand up for him and fight for him because it may not help you win the Kentucky game, but it dang sure may help you win the Florida game because your players yeah. will play harder for you. And the other thing that a friend of mine uh, brought up to me a couple of weeks ago, and he's not a basketball guy. I mean, he he watches Alabama basketball if it's on and he's around. But he said, you know, he wants Grant fired, and I, and I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, well, do you even know what the record is or why you want him fired? He said, I'll tell you why I want him fired, because he's been our coach for five and a half years, and I don't know what he sounds like. Meanwhile, I don't ever watch an Auburn basketball game, and every time I turn on the radio, I know when Bruce Pearl's talking, not because he says his name or they announce it, because I know his voice. And he said, that's what I want. That's why I want him fired. I mean, it's I, I almost it's almost as if Grant um, has some kind of, social phobia almost like Marshawn Lynch I mean it's it's wild you you've got to sell basketball in this state football will always sell itself whether we are complaining that we aren't winning enough or whether we're bragging about how good we are football is always going to be there and it's always going to sell itself Alabama football is but Alabama basketball sometimes you got to get out there and work the fans and you've got to give them a reason to come. I mean, Wimp Sanderson was a master at it. He, not only did his teams play hard yeah. and were his teams good, but he – I mean, even if we weren't good, you wanted to go see what, what kind of coat Wimp was going to wear or what he was going to throw at the official. It was it was brilliant. He, he knew where the camera was. You're exactly right. No doubt. So, I mean, I, and I, I, I'm I, just – look, and as somebody – a couple of folks have said to me, uh, my my good friend Jimmy Stein, who does talking Tuscaloosa with me, um, he's kind of off the Grant train now too. But Jimmy's the eternal optimist. He's always, you yeah. know, I'm going to cheer for Alabama. I don't care who the coach is. Yada yada yada. But he, um, Jimmy, has, has always said, "Look, who do you?" My question to people is, "Who do you want to hire?" Then, and and I I'm like, look, at this point, I'm kind of like I was with Shula. I don't really know who we can go out and get. This is before we knew about saving, et cetera. I don't know who we can go out and get, but I know what we've got. 
and I feel like I've seen the pinnacle of what we can do under him. So I'd rather take a chance on somebody else being better. And he could possibly be worse, I guess. But I'd rather take a chance on that than put up with one more season of this. That That's my thought on it now. Well, and I'm like, another good point you made. And first of all, let me, let me say, I am no fan of, of basketball officiating as far as the college basketball. I think there's a lot of bad officials out there. And I, I think uh, the, the guys I watch in the SEC, are, are most of them are horrible. But I'm like you. I'm not blaming the referees. I, I think Alabama gets pushed around a lot, too, because, you know, they've tried two strength coaches, Luke, but I, don't, I, I still don't see a lot of muscular development in our guys. I don't see their bodies changing. I don't, and I think a lot of times you don't get calls because you're weak and you can't hold position. And I think our guys – there's not been enough emphasis on the weight room and on toughness. And I think, you know, that's been definitely lacking. I look at Amari or Rodney Cooper. Hello. I look at Rodney Cooper. I'm like you. I don't think he's improved that much uh, from uh, his freshman year. I definitely don't think he seems that much stronger. Uh, Levi seems somewhat, but I think Levi's always kind of been someone that defers. And he, he, he's not one, somebody that feels comfortable being a go-to guy. And uh, he's he's a second or third option because of his mindset. And uh, I just think, uh, in other words, I don't think he's a dog. I don't think Alabama really has a go-to player. And that's on Grant, too, because I don't think they've – they had one in Trevor Lacey who had a lot of dog in him, but they couldn't control him. He had trouble controlling uh, Mitchell. He had trouble controlling uh, Jermichael Green. And to me, he's just tenant, but not a general. No, I I just think, bottom line, I just think he's – I don't think he's a head coach. Uh, or at least a good head coach. And, and obviously, even with Reggie Witherspoon coming in, uh, they've reverted back offensively to playing the slow-down style. I think the crowds want to get into the games, Luke, but it's very hard when you watch this type of basketball. It's just, it sucks the energy out of the crowd. Oh, there's no question. I mean, look, we are if we didn't have Alabama on the jerseys, there's no chance any of us would watch these games. I mean, there's no chance. This no, is... No. I mean that, and and that's that's the thing. I mean, look again. I think you need a hook to get people in for basketball and basketball yeah. people. And and I'm one of them. Say, well, that's a shame, and it shouldn't be that way. And, and I guess it shouldn't, but it is that way. I mean, it's sort of like um, the Alabama hockey team. We had the Alabama uh, club hockey coach on a couple of weeks ago, and you know they, they're trying to do some different stuff to get people interested in it because people, if you just say hey, Alabama's got a hockey team and they're playing hockey tonight. I, a lot of Alabama fans are still going to stay home and listen to BAM's radio and try and find out who's committing tomorrow instead of going to check out a hockey game unless you give them some other motivation to go. And uh, you look at uh, look at Anthony Grant. I mean, I did some quick math today, so I could be wrong. Uh, but <laughs> I think I'm going to be close, that he is 35 and 59 away from Tuscaloosa. And you, on yeah. the surface, you say, well, that's, that's, that could be worse. Not really, because this has been some historically bad seasons for the SEC these past few years. Oh, no I mean, we, we put, what, 14 teams the last four years have gone to the NCAA tournament or something like that. I mean, we should have been yeah, doing not a lot. We, we weren't on probation. And where's the good win? Tell me the good win he's had. Tell me the signature player that didn't get booted from the team. Have we had a draft pick? As far as I know, we haven't had a draft pick since Richard Hendricks. So, I mean, I, yeah, I you're right. You, 
what, what are we selling? I mean, I, I don't even know what I don't even know how we're recruiting at all right now, considering the fans are owning pretty hard. Now, when Cecil Hurd is writing your obituaries, that's when it's time to start calling companies. Yeah. Yeah, you're done. He, he's that's what I basically said today when I read his column. I was like, "Well, he gone." Because I mean, there's been a lot of people saying, you know, and there was even after the Florida game. Well, I don't think the administration will make a move. Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, it's getting to that point where they're going to have to. I understand. Uh, there's been some people talk about that we have a lame duck president. You know, Shane Lyons moved on. Ah, that doesn't matter. The bottom line is, I hate to be this way, but everybody knows who, what fuels a coaching change, and that's usually boosters. <laughs> you know, that's the way I started put left, looking yeah. through the best the best line I saw today is we're either going to be hiring a new basketball coach or, or a new AD. Yeah. And I said it on our air last week, Luke. Uh, Kerry called it gold. I got so angry at one point. You know, Kerry uh, was like, well, I'm still hearing that. There's a good chance he'll be retained. And I said, well, if he's not fired, then Bill Battle needs to be. Because I was like, exactly. this is absolutely ridiculous. The fans deserve better. The administration deserves better. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody. And everybody's hungry for it, I think. I think now the hire is going to be big. But I but I don't want to hear that either. Because, I mean, I'll give Mal more credit, you know, RIP. Uh, they stepped up with a huge financial commitment to Grant. Now, it didn't work out. But the coffers are still full. And with it, and now that the SEC network is alive and kicking, uh, Alabama, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be very disappointed if a certain coach in Wichita, Kansas, is not offered a six-year, twenty million dollar contract and then have to say no to it. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to make the next truck up. Word is yeah. exactly, Luke, and word is that when Missouri was negotiating with Greg Marshall, yes. he demanded eighteen million over six years, and they backed off. Well, guess what? Alabama can pay that, and if he really wants eighteen million for six years, and he'll really take it, you've Let's got go. to throw that at him, and you've got to make Greg Marshall say no, Luke. I, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I would love to have him. Steve Prome, I mean, is another name. I mean, look, there are a ton of guys out there. Michael, Michael White, White. Yeah, I would. I mean, look, you know. there are a bunch of guys out there, and again, we know what we have. The, and, and, you know, the old saying is the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And But the devil I know ain't winning any games. So I would like to get a exactly. devil that can maybe get me to the tournament. And look, here's the other thing that bothers me so bad. You guys got me started on a rant here. I, I did this on Talking Tuscaloosa. I about just didn't even let Jimmy talk today because we talked huh. about the same thing. That uh, you know, it's, it's not like this is some exclusive tournament we keep missing out on. There's Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, teams 68, and, 30, yeah. and 38 of them don't deserve to be there. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's why I'm, oh, I was right. against you're the college right. football playoff, because I think we're going to yeah. screw this up, screw that up like we screwed the NCAA tournament up. And everybody says it's, it's a great time, and it is. I mean, it's fun. It's dramatic. But it's not the best way to crown a champion when you've got some 10 seed going to the Final Four. I mean, who, you know, just happened to get hot at the right moment and played a couple of teams with injured players. I think it's a much better way to let the teams that did the most during the regular season be there. But that's just my preference. But the point remains that Anthony Grant can't get us into a tournament that allows 68 teams in it. Exactly. And we're not we're not even in the play-in game. I mean, you know, that's yeah. if you want to go, if you want to be technical, you know. Mark Godfrey, I think, was last year, but I, you know, the thing the thing with me is, 
Because I agree. I, I just it, it's really been disheartening to not be a factor in March. I think um, you know maybe really eight out of every ten years Alabama has the resources to be there if they get the right coach. Uh, you know, and I just right now it's just not working, and I'm anxious to see. You know, I. I you know, I, you know, a lot of people have been saying, can Bill Battle hire, a, you know, a competent coach? Well, they hired Christy Curry. Now, I, and let me grant it here, I know they're having a rough second year, but I don't think there's any doubt that she's a proven coach and that you're finally seeing signs of life in recruiting and on the roster. I think in another year or two they could they, they are going to be a solid SEC program in women's basketball. Uh, so, you know, being able to do that and hire her, you know, I would think Alabama could could attract with the with the financial resources. I don't buy the fact. Well, it's only a football school. All that matters is the salary, man. If you offer right. enough money, you can gain interest and get someone. And I hate to be this way, but if Auburn's offering offering Bruce Pearl two point five million, then Alabama's got to show them who the big dog is. No, I'm, I'm with you on and that. The thing and is, again, Florida has shown Florida shown you can win in both sports. There's no reason Alabama can't do it. No, there's yeah. no – and look, so go ahead, here's, the, here's the other thing, guys. We are being lumped in with – that's the problem with our last decade of basketball is we're being yes. lumped in with Auburn as, you know, sort of a, a bottom feeder on the SEC side. And Auburn is historically the worst program in this conference. Alabama is oh, historically no in the top three or four. You, you in, in number of SEC regular season titles, Alabama has eight, I believe, and Kentucky has – I don't know, 45, 46, somewhere in that neighborhood. And we are right. second in number of SEC tournaments with now, granted, it's only six. We're 21 behind Kentucky, I believe. But, uh, Kentucky. you know, I mean, yeah. Kentucky's Kentucky. We, we, I don't even, I don't have any aspirations for Alabama to be Kentucky. I have aspirations for yeah. Alabama to be um, around where LSU, around where. I don't even know that we can get to where Florida was a couple of years ago, but that's okay. We can, if take me to an elite eight every night again, damn sure get me into the tournament. That's, that's the key. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you want the prestige there. And I mean, I, it, it's hard to believe though. Alabama's only been twice in 2006 and it's, it's starting to lag, and that's why people are lumping Alabama in. And, and it's sad with the younger generation of Alabama fans because they always talk about, well, we stink at basketball. No, for most of Alabama's history, they have not stunk at basketball. It's just they've had to sit through the end of the Godfrey era, and then this Grant era has never materialized like people thought. I mean, the biggest thing, I, he has recruited the state pretty decently well, but I have just been shocked that, uh, he has not been able to recruit post players because that was supposed to be his, I thought, his specialty at Florida. And then he's just not been able to make an impact throughout the southeast in recruiting. But I do think that most of that is due to his staff being poor. I do think Antoine Petway has done his job in recruiting the state of Alabama. But I've always felt, frankly, that Tony Pujol's not with the program anymore, but John Brandon was not a very good assistant. I've never been impressed with him. Uh, you know, still, the jury's still out on Coach Witherspoon coming in, but I've not been impressed with uh, with, with really uh, the, the entirety of the whole deal. I just, I, I guess, and, I, and the biggest thing, uh, Luke, and I know you'll agree with me here, is what I've been shocked at is, is just is how Stan – I've dealt with him before in the media and through just speaking with him, and he's a very cordial guy. But as far as the way he treats, he does 
uh, deal with the media. He will not grant one-on-one interviews and is just very standoffish, will not do radio stuff, and just will not promote the program, which to me is just stunning because he's not Coach K, man. You can't you can't pick and choose the way he tries to, and that's just what I've been shocked at. Yeah, because, he, again, not only do you have to sell basketball to the fans, sometimes you right. have to sell it to the, the – um, the other sports stations. I mean, it's not like, uh, yes. you know, jocks probably does better when they talk to a recruiting expert in the, in the middle of a basketball season than they do a basketball guy. I mean, they, they probably get as many, many or more listeners for recruiting guys that talk national recruiting than they do uh, a basketball guys, unless you're somebody like a Bruce Pearl and, and Alabama fans can dislike Bruce Pearl all they want to because he goes to Tennessee and, and now he's at Auburn. But he does things to make those programs more relevant, and and we need a coach that's going to make us more relevant. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, Luke. I agree with that. Uh, Pearl knows how. I think he's an overrated coach because Godfrey handled him. And if you look at his overall record against Alabama, and Grant beat him the other night, but I think it's three and six now. I think as a coach, he's overrated, but he is a master promoter. And uh, right. I, to be honest. I wouldn't have wanted him at Alabama, but I, this is going to sound funny, and some Alabama fans are like, why are you saying that? I'm glad he's at Auburn because he's helping basketball in the state, first of all, by promoting the heck out of it. And second of all, I'm hoping it's going to goad Alabama, the administration, into having to make a grand slam hire to combat this dude. And no, you, you I, I would agree with that. fire with fire. Right. We can't just ball. keep throwing Anthony Grant in, in against this thing. It's not going to work. No. Uh-huh. no, 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 no. That's taking a knife to a gunfight. But true or false, uh, six years ago we were all fooled because a coach at Virginia Commonwealth with two NBA players, only one of which he recruited on his roster, beat one of the Duke worst teams in history that Coach K ever had. And we all got fooled and we thought, this is who we should go after, me included. I led the, band, the Grant bandwagon for a year and a half before he retired. But it turns out it was fool's gold, true or false. That's true. I, I'll let Luke answer his, but I, I fell for it. He was my number one guy. I, well, actually, my number one guy. I'll give John McMahon a lot of credit, first of all, for Luke Answers, the Board of Trustees. The first person he called to try to ask his interest is Rick Patino. And, of course, I would have loved somebody like that, but I didn't fall for that or the Tom Izzo rumors. I know you remember those, Kerry. That was craziness. I would have loved to have had somebody like that, but I knew they weren't coming to Alabama. Yes, Grant was on of the realistic options. He was my top guy, and I thought he was going to bring an up-tempo style and a Billy Donovan-type basketball to Alabama. I was extremely excited, and I was fooled. There's no doubt. And I didn't want, I didn't want Mike Anderson for a lot of the same reasons. I didn't want Bruce Pearl. But, but Luke, what's your take on how it went down six years ago? Well, y'all think y'all sound stupid. Uh, I wrote an article saying this is going to be like Saban coming to Alabama. So that tells you how bought in I was to him back then. I mean, I was always loving it. I was going nuts. I thought he was fabulous. Um, you know, let's remember, he was going to be the Florida coach had Billy Donovan done what he was supposed to do. Yes. Uh, so yes, it's with not Orlando like Magic, we were right. the only – yeah, we were not the only ones fooled. I mean, the, the, a, a lot yeah. of other big-name guys who were a lot smarter than we are and, and write a lot bigger checks than we do were fooled, too. So, um, and, and look, hey, I, I don't want anybody out there to feel sorry for Anthony Grant. He's he made a boatload of money off us. I'm sure he's going to make a boatload of money in his buyout. And, you know, good luck to you. I hope he lands somewhere and I hope he lands on his feet 
and I hope he does well. I don't wish him any ill will, but I'm ready oh, no. to move on in this stage of, of our program. Well, there's no doubt about it. He's going to get $4 million to go away, and I heard people saying $5 million. Let me tell everybody here something that's listening to this show, and this is what I'll say unequivocally. If Cecil Hurt tells you a buyout value, there is nobody on God's green earth that knows more about Alabama coaches' contracts besides the one that wrote them than Cecil Hurt. If he tells you it's $4 million, it's $4 million. Take it to the bank, and then when he writes his column that he wrote today, you might as well back up the U-Haul and pack up because he has, he's, he has the, the ear of the athletic department, and they, are, they usually will let him know how they're feeling, and he gone. I mean, they, there should be no more debate. Now all it needs to be is what I was tweeting out the other night after the Florida game, and that's candidate number one, Greg Marshall, candidate number two, Archie Miller, candidate number three, Ben Howland, candidate number four, Jamie Dixon, candidate number five, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Capel, candidate number six, Lenny Aka. Just go down the list because that's what it needs to be right now. And it, to be honest, I'm kind of excited because the money's there. I'm hoping that they're hungry to try to win in basketball, and I hope the head football coach who assisted in the last hire comes in, raises a little hell, and realizes he's got to take his kids, the football recruits, to something that they want to have that's full of energy and enthusiasm and not um, the the Coleman Mausoleum. I totally agree with that. Uh, If if y'all have got time, I'll tell you, I want to tell you one other quick story about the first time I actually ever met Kerry. I know Kerry probably remembers it, but... um, for those who don't know, this was way back when. It, it, uh, gosh, I can't remember exact year. I guess around 99-ish, somewhere in there. But uh, Carrie and I struck up a friendship through somehow, some way. This was back when the all the Alabama websites were really getting kicked off. And we, I, he yeah. knew I was going to the Childersburg game to see uh, Childersburg take on um, – Oh my gosh, I'm I'm blanking right now. Where Jamario Moon was Coosa County, and um, yeah, Coosa Central. He was going, yeah, yeah Coosa Central. He and I went, and so we both went to the game. And and I had come from at the time, I was a part of the Chamber of Commerce board in Ellick City or something, and so I I had a suit on. And so I come to, we get there, and the place is packed. I mean, we underestimated how passionate everybody was about basketball there, because it was Gerald Wallace <laughs> and Children's Burden, Jamario Moon for a. Cusa Central, and we go to the stadium, or go to the gym, and they said, no way. Fire Marshal said, no more people. And so we start walking away, and, and a guy says, hey, hey, come with me. And so we walk to the back, and he's like, you're an NBA scout, right? And I was like, you dang right I'm an NBA scout. And so he <laughs> let us in the back door. He let us in the back door to go watch the game. I don't know if Kerry remembers that, but uh, – and that was that was a good moment. I, I was I was a scout for about five minutes there. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say this: the I will the nastiest high school dunk I have ever seen in my life was when Childersburg and Wallace came up to Butler High School for a Thanksgiving fourteen tournament. Jack Dawes had them up here. Had NBA scouts in the place. It was packed like y'all's, but uh, he they were playing I think against Lithonia, Georgia. And they had there was a two on one break and Gerald was the one. And these two fools thought they could, you know, kinda of sandwich him and uh probably and try to body him up and steal the ball. Well, he did a spin dribble, split both of them, 
and hammered one. I mean, on one of their foreheads, basically, and got fouled. A foul. He didn't. He missed the free throw, but it, he blew the roof off the place. That that was one guy that I wish had had a better college experience. Uh, you know, Mark Godfrey kind of. Dry, I think what really hurt that situation was Raw Raw Scott passing. Uh, if he had mm-hmm. not passed, I think Gerald would have had a much more positive experience in college. I think that was one of the big reasons Gerald chose Alabama. But uh, but he was a freak athlete. And Jam- I, I actually worked for the D-League in the Huntsville flight. I saw Jamario Moon in the D-League. That guy was a great athlete who just never had the grades to get into an SEC school. Well, and if you remember, he participated in an NBA dunk contest. Yes, he did. Yes, he, yeah, I mean, he, he made. He was with the Toronto Raptors. Right. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was a heck of a, a heck of a player. And the Acusa Central, I mean, they take their basketball pretty seriously. So, uh, and he, he's he's one of those guys yes. that's kind of a legend. Oh, he's no doubt. I mean, he kind of he he didn't get as much pub as Gerald because of his academic situation. But he signed with Mississippi State. You know, never qualified. I think that's why Godfrey didn't recruit him all that hard. But he still made it, still got to the NBA. Uh, he was with the Mobile Revelers when I was in the D-League. And was uh, he could he you could just see the athleticism. He was a, I believe they had two guys like that in Alabama at one time that with that kind of raw athletic ability. But I do think, Luke, that I, I heard uh, one thing I, I tried to refute yesterday was someone on a, on a website was saying that there was no young talent in the state of Alabama in basketball. I completely disagree with that. Uh, I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of young talent, uh, especially in the Huntsville area, but also throughout the state. Uh, I think if you get the right coach in there, hopefully they can impact and get some of these kids. Uh, you know, and I think Kerry can also confirm there's a lot there. There's starting to be some young kids in Birmingham uh, to come up finally again, too. <laughs> Christian Watford's so, little brother's in the eighth grade. Yeah, he, he needs to he's shave Valley, Trendon right? Watford. He's already 6'6", and he's playing varsity at Shade Valley. Yes, he's taken is. a couple of visits to Alabama, but that's the kind of guy that a new exciting coach could lock down. And, and you've talked many times about John Pettigrew, yes, uh, yes. The, the guys that are, of course, we talk about Josh Langford quite a bit on this show. Uh, and, and, and really, you know, the signees that are coming in are all having great senior years. But they need somebody to coach them up once they get there, and they need somebody to make them want to be at Alabama when when the necessary change is made. Well, and I, yeah. and, I, and something you said, Kerry, and I think I'll let Luke comment on this because he may have even gone to this thing. But you you heard John Brandon speak recently, Kerry, and something he said bothered me. When I know y'all asked him about recruiting, and you said he answered some questions. You said that uh, he, he he was asked about big man recruiting and. He said, yes, they're looking, but most of those guys all sign early. And here's what bugs me. When, when Wimp Sanderson was at Alabama, even David Hobbs, David Hobbs, let's, he got fired, guys, but let's not forget he went to three NCAA tournaments, I believe, and, and, and actually won, won some games in the NCAA tournament. But and it was still, I still think, and this is hard for me to believe, he was a better coach than Anthony Grant. But I, I will say this, but he was somebody, once again, that didn't have the demeanor and the ability to market the program long-term, and it kind of got away from at Alabama because Cliff Ellis lucked into some good players. Is there a question but, here? Yeah, no, but what I was going to say is is that my, I, why it's, I, I, there's no excuse that Alabama can't go out and find a good JUCO big man is what I'm trying to say. Fair, well, fair I mean, think, think how much better and, and how much different the composition of this team would be if Alabama had sent me on Bowers. A, you, a guy, right. that, I, oh, mean, yeah. Greg, Greg, I mean, he, he's, 
he's tough. I mean, yeah, he threw a lot of elbows the other night, and he could have been called and all that junk. But if Alabama had a guy like that, yeah, if Alabama had a guy like that that you could count on for 12 rebounds a game, and that's not going to take any uh, stuff off of anybody. I mean, he's going to get after you. Now, he'll take some stupid shots, and and he does some other things that he probably, a big man shouldn't do. But it's your job to coach that out of him, and keep and, and it's your job to make sure he keeps playing with the same amount of passion he plays for at Auburn. And uh, I'm just if if we had a guy like that to go to compliment a Jimmy Taylor, that Jimmy Taylor knew, okay, my backup guy is this guy who would get in a street fight with anybody. And instead, Jimmy Taylor is our enforcer. I mean, that it makes a big difference. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'll tell you another story, Luke. Not last year, but the year before when he was a junior. And Kerry will remember this because I brought this guy's name up when we thought we were, might recruit him in the late signing period. UAB's best player was a Juco power forward who only was about 6'6", but his name was Rod Rucker. He'd fight your ass, though. He's and, 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 I, and I went to watch – a buddy of mine is friends with a couple of NCAA officials and is a high school official trying to reach the college level. And he called me and said, hey, you want to meet me in Coleman and go see UAB play? And I thought, why hell, why not? And so I went to watch UAB and Louisiana Monroe. Dude had 24 points and 12 rebounds. I am cussing in the stands. And my buddy's like, Dave's like, man, what are you cussing for? I was like, because if we had that cat, and we could have had him. He went to UAB, for God's sake. I was like, we would have a great basketball team right now. What is wrong with our coaching staff? They evaluated this guy and passed on him. This is ridiculous. And he was their leading scorer for two years. And then Grant passed on him. I think they are lazy recruiters, and that's all I'm going to say. Well, and then meanwhile, we get Musa Gay, who's the only seven foot two player I've ever seen at the dunk. Yeah, it is awful. I'll be honest with you. If y'all remember, if y'all yeah, if y'all remember uh, Tuesday night, Kessens missed a dunk. I mean, just yeah, completely, no, he did. I remember that. Completely Brutal. weak. I mean, I had the game on mute. And I'm trying to do a, a radio interview in Tuscaloosa, basically bashing the crap out of the basketball program. And I'm just uh, – I was supposed to talk recruiting, and I did for about five minutes. But, you know, I went on a huge rant about the basketball team. And, I mean, I could not believe he blew a dunk. And, I mean, and then at the end of the game, they get him going straight to the rim, and he gets blocked again. He's just mm. – I, uh, I think he could be a good player, but I just think they're all weak. I yeah, hope but let, you know, me, the first thing needs to be done. Let me say this about Kessler. Go ahead. That I believe that um, I believe that you know we left remember he transferred from a pretty small school and I think it's going to take a little bit of adjustment for yeah. him to to get in here. No doubt. But meanwhile, guys like Musa Gay, I mean at JUCO, man, JUCO guys they're usually they're usually a pretty rough and tumble crowd. I mean JUCO gets after it. They can have some talented teams. So if you come in from JUCO, I expect you to be more battle tested than if you do if you come in from Longwood. And uh, so I'm, I'm willing oh, yeah. to give Kessler a little bit more time, but I'm going to give him a little bit more time under a new regime. I hope. Yeah, I, yeah, I could not believe how poor Kessler was. Fun, I mean, not Kessler. Excuse me, Musa Gay was fundamentally, and he could not. He had the worst set of hands I've ever seen. I mean, he could not catch anything. He couldn't even catch a ball and dunk it. He I mean, I, he hurt, but he had I mean, I, I, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, John Brandon. You had to have gone and watched this guy, right? And then somebody told me, no, man, he got a phone call, and they offered him without even seeing him. 
and they did the same thing with the two overseas guys because Brandon played a lot of his professional basketball overseas, and he took Red Nobasahan and Carl Engstrom sight unseen. And no, mm. I mean, and Retton is a great athlete, but he can't shoot a lick. I mean, so he he hardly played the other night. Luke and, I, Luke and my Brian, our mutual uh, friend Brian Packett, jumped all over me on Twitter for suggesting that Retton was the ninth man on the team. Oh, he's a tenth. At the media uh, room, the, the meal before the game, he kind of came up and said, uh, about that, uh, I think you're right. No, <laughs> yeah, he's a the minutes. He's, he's the ninth man on a, on a basically an NIT team. And he, <laughs> it's, it's like watching a cornerback try to play point guard. Well, and I, another kid I feel sorry for, and I have an affinity for this kid, and Kerry knows it because I know his dad, and I watched him in high school several times. I feel bad for Riley Norris. He's playing hard, but he's playing the four, and he's not a freaking four. Oh, he's a three. He's got to be able to play the perimeter, and he would really help the team. He's got a really high IQ basketball-wise, can shoot, but he's playing completely out of position because the idiot he, 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 he signed to play for can't develop players and can't get kids in the program, and the bad thing is they're not going to sign another big. I mean, Brandon said they might try to take a transfer, and I'm sitting here thinking, dog, you ain't going to have to worry about that in another couple of months. All you need to worry about is updating your resume and moving on and hoping some freaking you know one uh, mid-major school might come calling for y'all, but you're out of here. Well, Luke, uh, we can only hope. ready to wrap the show up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, no, Luke. I, I just said we your can, closing I, thoughts. I just said we can only hope. That's that's. I think that's uh, everybody's crossing their fingers. I mean, I, I'll say this. I, I I'm glad Kerry, you know, finally, or not really finally, agrees with it tonight. But uh, if if Bill Battle doesn't do something, <laughs> he's gone. I'm telling you, he. But he's not. I, but he's going to be told he needs to do something. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the boosters are going to tell him, "Yo, you need to do something," because we've got a we've got to start over. So I, and I, and I don't buy into the fact that these, a lot of these big money boosters don't want to win in basketball. Uh, they wouldn't be Cannon Grant. They would just you to wallow. Right. And I, and the reason that I brought Luke on was because that I knew he was passionate about basketball. And Luke, awesome. we hope you'll, uh, it's been a great, hope that you'll consider coming back and joining us again, maybe in a few weeks. But until then, uh, before we let you go, Luke, uh, tell people how they can hear the podcast Talking Tuscaloosa with you and Jimmy Stein. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy and I try to do it once a week, and it's at Talking Tuscaloosa, T-A-L-K-I-N-T-U-S-C is the Twitter handle. And we would love for people to listen to the podcast. One should be out tomorrow. We did one earlier today. Cool. Awesome, man. And uh, we, we want to thank you for joining us here on BAMS Radio. We we will be inviting you back. Uh, that was some really golden commentary you, you had tonight, Luke. And I, I just want to thank you as, as a friend and as, and as a fellow guy in the media. Really appreciate your time tonight, brother. Hey, guys, I, anytime. You just call me anytime. I'll be here. I appreciate it. Thank, right, thank you, Luke. Appreciate you having on. See you guys. Folks, that was Love my you. friend, uh, Luke Robinson. Uh, not only is he a, a season ticket holder for Alabama basketball and, of course, football, uh, he does, like I said, write a column for the Alex City Outlook, and he hosts a show down there in Alex City called The Sports Blitz, and he does the podcast with our other guest that comes on a lot, Jimmy Stein, called Talking Tuscaloosa, and y'all go check that out. 
A couple of other things uh, just to kind of clear out the notebook before we let y'all go tonight. Uh, the Alabama women's basketball team traveled to number one South Carolina tonight and got a, a, a dose of probably what the men's team will get against Kentucky. Uh, they yeah. lost 85 to 54. They're now 12 and 11 and one and seven in the league. Uh, that was expected, uh, but it was a beatdown. The uh, we, we, I want to give a shout out for a great victory last Friday night by the sixth ranked Alabama gymnastics team. Oh yeah, number Boston one Florida. Uh, got to watch it on the SEC Network. A very yeah. good win, scored over 197. They travel to uh, Lexington tomorrow night to take on Kentucky. Uh, the Alabama baseball team has already started practicing. They're scrimmaging uh, tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday at the Hoover Met, and Saturday they have an event where you can go out there around uh, 11:30 or 12 and pick out a seat if you haven't bought season tickets yet. So a chance for folks to check out the baseball team scrimmaging. They they call them the Crimson Gray scrimmages. They're, they're really enjoyable. Uh, the Alabama hockey team, we had Coach Pugh on last week. They had a big series against Ole Miss last week, and they lost a heartbreaker in overtime 4-3 to three, uh, on Friday night, but they came back Saturday night and won 5-3. to three. So they have, my understanding, captured the SEC West already, but they do play LSU and Cullum tomorrow night and Saturday night, uh, another big SEC series, and then their postseason begins. So uh, continued well wishes for Coach Q and the Alabama hockey team. And like we mentioned earlier, the Alabama basketball team will play at number one Kentucky uh, on ESPN uh, that Saturday evening at 6 o'clock Central. Uh, it, it's probably going to be ugly. Uh, <laughs> I've gotten an invitation to go to a, a trivia night with the Alabama softball team hosted by John Crook. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah. I ended up having to turn that down, but I was actually looking forward to going just tonight to watch that crap. But I will be uh, – <laughs> I will be parking in front of the TV, uh, taking my punishment like a man. Uh, by the time the game is over, I feel like when I get out of my chair and take my feet out the ottoman, I'm probably going to feel like I got kicked in the nuts by a steel toe suit. But, hey, that's, that's Anthony Grant basketball. But uh, we, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening tonight. We want to thank uh, Richie Pettibon, a great young man who gave us his yeah. time in hour one, and Luke Robinson, a good old friend, uh, and, yes, I do remember, Luke, that game with Gerald Wallace and Jillsburg playing against Jamario Moon. I remember that well. <laughs> I had forgotten the part about, hey, you're an NBA scout, and I was glad he wore a suit that night. I forgot that part, but I do remember meeting him and going to that ball game. And then, like I said, Luke and I played ball together down at the Y on a team one year. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, it's been a very interesting evening. Uh, but before we do that, Drew, has anything broken on Twitter in the last two hours that you've got all this to know about? No, no, nothing in recruiting. I think it's finally kind of calmed down since it's late at night. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens in the morning with the Drew Richmond situation. I still agree with you, Kerry. I think it's likely that he winds up in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and I, I've also been told Arkansas might not be out of it with K.J. Hill. Uh, we'll see with that situation, but a crazy day in recruiting, and uh, I want to tell our audience we'll we'll definitely start shifting the focus to 2016, and and next time uh, I will be more brushed up on those young men. Uh, have not have just been it's been exhausting covering the end of this year, but uh, look forward to that. And uh, again, another great show, and I can't wait to have Luke on again. I always love people that are passionate about basketball. And next week we're going to have a special Wednesday signing day yes. edition. Uh, we're going to kick it off shortly after 9 o'clock. As soon as we get everything ready to go, we'll, we'll, but sometime between 9 and 9.30, we'll start the show and go on for two hours next Wednesday night about National Signing Day. Uh, we had moved off Wednesdays, but just for next week, we'll be back on it. So, Bams Radio, Wednesday night, Signing Day edition, shortly after 9 o'clock. 
for Thomas Watts, our producer back in the studio of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, for Drew the Armand at AlabamaIntel.com. I'm your co-host, Terry Clark, with Scout.com and BamaMag.com. Wishing you a good night, roll tide, and you're listening to Bama's Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family. Tweet us out this week. Roll tide.